Holman, how excited are you for Lone Star Throwdown? We just booked our, our flights and hotel and the whole thing a few minutes ago. Yeah, but... You're gonna have to sit next to me because there's no, there were no seats left. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, wait, wait, wait! You get the aisle seat. That means that uh, no, I get the window. Oh, you get the window. Dude, that? A, I don't go to the bathroom and I don't get up. I sleep. I just leave. I don't want to talk to anybody. So I do the same thing, but th- because I'm gonna be a good soldier. Uh huh. Now wait a minute. No, if you're a good soldier, Weird you'll be dude. in a different aisle or a different row with your own damn window. No, but see, here's the thing. I got the seat right next to you, which means I'm in the freaking middle. And it's southwest. That's going to suck. And all those chili dogs aren't making you any narrower. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, well, I think uh, I'm still excited about it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about going. Even right, though so, if I have to sit in the middle seat, So we've been talking about it, right? Yeah. We've been talking about it. We actually booked the tickets. We're going. We will be at Lone Star Throwdown. We said we were going to do it, and then you and I kind of went, man, this this year's coming up fast. And yeah. We're both really busy right we now. Gotta do it. Do, we got to do, do it. We got to do it. But we did it. We pulled the trigger. We did it. We got a hotel. Uh, we got the hotel. We I got think a we rental have, car. Uh, with Nissan Versa, I'm sure. Oh, you did? <laughs> I think so. Oh, sweet. That's what it said on the thing. And then okay. uh, and we got an airfare. Yes. So uh, we'll We're see gonna you be guys a Lone Star Throwdown. So excited for that. Really excited. Uh, that is what, February twenty second through twenty fourth? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So I'm super excited to go. We're finally we're gonna go do this trip together. We're not breaking off like we normally do. Right. But I'm not as excited as I am for this five star hotline call. Say what? Hey, what a dude, nephew. This is Joel over here <laughs> what in the islands, Hawaii. Giving you guys a call, Holman, and uh, what was the other guy? What, Thunderbuddy? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> give you a call, let you know. I'm driving home in my 2017 Cummings Nissan Titan. No way. Uh, there you go. Picked up a deck system for the ah, on my way home yes. to go install it. I wanted to. <laughs> well, some of my experience with the Nissan Titan that can really be summed up in two words. That's five stars. Yeah. No way. <laughs> and, uh, Shout out to DJ Omar Khan and his uh, his theme songs. Don't ever get rid of those. All right, guys, pop those up. That could be the best way to start a show ever. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> the Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. So clearly that guy was a uh, he was a K Rock yeah. fan from Los Angeles. There were about uh, five inside jokes from the Kevin and Bean <laughs> show that you used to work on. So yeah. as a listener of that, when I was uh, when I was growing up and one of my favorite uh, radio shows ever, I appreciate the way he. <laughs> did you see how he he wove a tapestry of inside jokes between the Kevin and Bean show and well, the Truck Show podcast? Yeah, he thanked Expertly. us. He thanked us for Omar Khan's jingles. Now yep. Omar was uh, he was the production guy who designed our our jingles. Yep. And and then he does Kevin and Bean still to this day. And he and he worked in Popo Zao. Do you know where Popo Zao's from? <laughs> no. Popo Zao but, is... But, but I remember that was how everybody ended Afro line calls back right. in the day. So, Popo Zao! So Kevin and Bean had their own phone line, the Afro line. Right. Yeah, 323-520-AFRO. If you guys are in LA, you'll recognize oh, that you name. You guys should call that number and then leave Truck Show podcast stuff on it just for oh, fun. Oh, yes. Go, hey, I'm listening <laughs> to this new podcast with Lightning and Home, it's awesome. Let's go to the Truck Show podcast. You guys want to check it out. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> Kevin Federline, who used to be married to oh, Britney Spears... Oh, that's right. I remember. He just started saying... Popo Zao. 
as like a salutation. And right. we thought it was the funniest thing. And I, I forget what it's, it's Brazilian or some, I don't know, it's from another country, whatever. And it's kind of- It kind of took it, a life of its own, you know, like that started becoming like a like pop culture little thing to say in, in LA, right? Exactly. I mean, so for years it was uh, Popo's out. Popo's that's out. just the way you say goodbye yeah. or hello, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It was like, awesome. I, I loved it. I loved that uh, he worked all that in. <laughs> So uh, well, so we gotta think. We gotta think. Th- uh, I'm. I. I want to. You know what? Can we call him? Should we call him? I think he bought a Nissan. Let's let's call him out. If, was he just pranking us, or did he really buy a Nissan? If he really bought a Nissan, we need to talk to him. Leave a message. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Eight zero eight is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Joel, it's not Cummings! (laughs) (laughs) Hung up. As we get into the show, I want to remind everybody we got the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105, or just go to our Instagram, at Truck Show Podcast, and hit the call button, and leave us a message, 24 hours a day, and then we're going to get it, we'll play it back, kind of like Joel here. And uh, I might actually answer. <laughs> no, 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 we're going to send it to voicemail so we can say, yeah, that's hey, a long story. Anyway, long, long the story. First, we screwed it up, and, and guys were calling Holman. Yeah, I was forwarding to my cell phone, and I was answering the phone, and people were like, Hey, is this Holman? And you're like, yeah. I'm so, like, hi, who are you? <laughs> and that doesn't really work for playing it on the air if he no, answers. So yeah. now we're sending you to the proper voice. So we're now. fixed now. Yeah. Who do we have on the show? All right. So we have the uh, the guys behind Millspec Hummer. So these guys are doing like bespoke, one-off, quarter million dollar, beautiful frame-off Hummer what, H1 how, restoration. Wait, 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 stop. Yes. Quarter million dollar? Yes. Hummers? Hummer restorations. Yep. Hmm. Basically uh, modernizing them, 500 horsepower Duramax uh, engines. Pretty cool. I mean, these guys are young guys out of Michigan and uh, kind of started this thing up. I, I think the uh, the owner and CEO, uh, Adam, uh, he always loved the H1 and decided to make a company because it was his favorite off-road vehicle growing up. So he decided, hey, I'm going to make them even more awesome. So uh, we'll give them a call here in a little bit. Oh, all right. That, that, that's yeah, Joel go. calling. Yeah, pick it up. Is this Joel? Yes, it is. Hey, Joel. what's up, Joel? <laughs> Joel, it's Lightning and Home and Truck Show Podcast. Uh, we ding-dong hey. ditched you a few minutes ago. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I was listening to the voicemail. I heard the mounted parameters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is is it is it for reals? Did you really buy a, 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 a Nissan Titan with a Cummins? Yes, absolutely. I, I'm driving it right now, and I've got about uh, 900 pounds or so sitting on the deck in the back. What do you, What are you packing in the back? A deck, didn't you hear? Uh, no, no, no. What's on the deck? Well, I, I would assume he's got something on the deck. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I got a couple uh, LG batteries for solar systems. Oh, oh very nice. cool. Okay. And, and you're on the big so island? Two batteries and an inverter and a bunch of electrical equipment. You, you're on the big island of Hawaii? Correct. What do you What do? you do? I'm an electrician. Okay. Well, that would make sense where he's got batteries and stuff yeah, like that, that for an inverter. <laughs> so uh, tell us, did you buy the deck system because you heard all about him on the Truck Show podcast? Yes, I did. Yeah, yes. I, I, I heard about I heard about it and uh, it sounded pretty sweet, so I checked it out and uh, eyeballed it and hemmed and hawed over it for a long time because, well, as you know, shipping over here probably you know really sucks. Oh yeah, I yeah. Know. So, so I, I don't tend to order a lot of big things. Uh, like when it, I had a Jeep before this Titan, and every time I'd get parts, I would just grumble over the shipping. Oh yeah, uh, that kind of sucks. But you live in paradise, so it's hard for us to. Uh, you yeah, know, we're not going to shed a tear over your uh, shipping woes, <laughs> right? So I want to know about your your Titan. So how many miles do you have on it? What made you decide to buy it? Um, I got uh, what eighty six hundred miles, just over eighty six. Nice. 
Uh, I walked into the dealer. Uh, I had a, a 2011 JKU lifted on 35s. That's a uh, nice rig. Other, yep. than that, other than that, mostly socked to some beefed up uh, undersides and whatnot. And uh, I just I, I got to a point where I needed a full size truck. I wanted it to be a little more comfortable for my daily driver. And so I walked into the dealer to look at a used power wagon because I've always been a, a fan of the Dodges. I hadn't even really seen the new Titans yet at all, let alone even heard about the XD when I walked in there. And uh, the salesman had me test drive it, and I fell in love with how comfortable it was. Yeah, pretty awesome, amazing. Man. What is your favorite part? Well, obviously you love the interior. Any other standouts for you? Um, just the drivability. I love the way it drives. Uh, perfect truck for me in that I don't really need a three-quarter ton, but I, I like the heavy-duty feel. So the XC fit that perfectly because you get that heavy-duty feel, and it's... Uh, you know, it doesn't have that high price tag of the of like the Dodge three quarter tons. And yeah, yeah. Plus, well, you got a five year hundred thousand mile warranty. You got the uh, the Cummins oh, yeah. five liter yeah. V8. I mean, that's a that's a great truck. I Coleman, like that truck a lot. no one seriously, I'm not joking. No one listening is 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 going to believe that this is not set up. No, it's totally not set up. This oh, is just yeah. yeah. Not, it's not set up at all. I can vouch for that. <laughs> I, I mean, this is well, awesome. Day before yesterday, what I, I called Colin uh, trying to get the Afro line, or not the Afro line. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong show. That's uh, Kevin and Bean yeah. on K Rock in LA. Calling to try and get the five star hotline, and Holman answered to my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You need to call yeah, back and leave a message." Yeah, kind of took me aback. I was like, uh, "Uh, what's going on here? What color, <laughs> and are you going to leave it stock, other than the deck?" I, I I already put a leveling kit on it, and I've uh, got. Uh, uh, what the metric equivalent of 34s, uh, what the hybrid terrains, the Toyo Open Country's on it. So I had gotten the SV, uh, and I, I, I ditched the stockies on it and got some, uh, what are they, uh, method wheels stuck with the 17s because I'm old school. I like the larger wheel than the wheel, or larger tire than the wheel. Well, dude, yeah. right on. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling us back. And, and more uh, importantly, thanks for listening. Yeah, and thanks for buying stuff from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I love you guys. You guys are great. I've been listening since uh, day one. Awesome, was, man. Uh, I've been listening to uh, Lightning there since uh, since the nineties. So oh, I grew up man. in Southern California. Now I'm feeling old. No, we we, we can definitely tell there's a uh, there's a SoCal uh, SoCal roots there. So. Yeah, well, dude, you worked in so many K Rock references on your call. We were like, what? Dude, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. dude. Oh no, th- I, I I love the jingles. Don't you ever get rid of those jingles? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. Well, you have uh, you have a good time over there on the Big Island doing uh, electrical work with your Titan XD and your decked in the back. And- and, uh, hey, man, we really appreciate you. Yeah, well, I'll shoot you some pics when I get a chance. Maybe I'll park it out in front of the lava flow. There, Do it. Ooh, We'd love yes, that. Yeah, yes, we'll, we'll share it on our Instagram. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that lava flow was about five miles from my house. So. Oh, yeah, dude. We, we definitely want to see that. So, uh, hey, man, yeah. thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Great talking to you. <laughs> thanks, right, Charlotte. Later. See ya. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, and seriously, wasn't even set up at all. Like that was, uh, we got that call. And we're like, we gotta call that guy. Yeah. Oh, we didn't bust him on Cummings. Oh well, he's gonna hear it in the uh, in oh, the episode. Yeah, he's well, gonna hear it. Yeah. He's hearing it right now. Yeah, he's hearing it right now. Oh, so future us is actually busting him on Cummings. Right. So that's that worked out fine. He's embarrassed. Right now, he's in his car. He's going, in his, he's in his oh, Titan. Going, those guys yeah. called me out. There's no G in Cummings. That's uh, Joel from the Big Island of Hawaii. <laughs> he's an electrician. So we're gonna call. Uh, I think it's Adam, right? The CEO yeah. of Millspec now. Yeah. Let's give him a, give him a ring. All right. Hello. Hey, is this Adam? This is Ian. Uh, Adam and Chris are here with me. Sorry about that. Oh, you got yeah, the whole gang no there. No worries. Ah, you guys got everybody. It's Lightning at Home and Truck Show Podcast. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up, guys? 
So what are you guys doing up in Santa Barbara? Uh, I've actually got some family out here, so it's uh, an easy place to uh, crash, I guess. And honestly, the uh, traffic in L.A. is pretty brutal. So oh, we know. For it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a little bit uh, a little bit more what we're used to in terms of the base. Holman had mentioned that you guys were up in Santa Barbara out from Michigan, uh, your home base. And I'm like, hmm, they must be dealing with a celebrity, someone like a Schwarzenegger or... Maybe like, uh, uh, what's the dude from the Black Eyed Peas, uh, Will I Am? <laughs> Someone like that's got to live oh, in Santa Barbara, and you got to be making like a, a house call. No, that's Montecito. Montecito? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot. I think like Holmes in Montecito. Yeah, there's a few people. I think Snoop Dogg has a place in Santa Barbara. Everybody too. has Everybody, a place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we sure. wish. No, we're here for the, <laughs> the light traffic and the... Uh, Hey, you know, good j- just to make you guys feel better, my uh, my office is 29 miles from my house. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to get home tonight. Oh, <laughs> so so yeah, trust trust me, I know it. And I, you know what, I was thinking on my drive, if I had a mil spec Hummer, I would just push a lot of cars out of my way, or just drive right oh, yeah. over them. <laughs> it kind of has the Bruce Almighty effect. It does part part the lanes. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it does. The problem is that it's so wide, it only parts them, but it's like six inches too narrow, so you still hit stuff on either side as you're going through, right? <laughs> So let's uh, let's talk Millspec, guys. How long has the company been around, and how did it get started? That's what I'm interested in hearing first. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this is Adam, by the way. Company and that's Adam Mitchell, today. CEO. And uh, are you the owner, Adam? Yes, that is correct. So uh, company's been around for like three years. Uh, really, I'd say the the idea, the vision uh, of the company has pretty much existed my entire childhood. Um, Growing up, I was always getting in trouble, getting in trouble in school because I was like drawing pictures of, <laughs> you know, four by four, six by sixes. I mean, kind of like all my own little designs I'd come up with. I mean, I was even coming up with like car logos that I made up that I thought looked cool. Um, and, you know, growing up, obviously in Motor City, you know, one of my biggest interests and, and passions was, uh, you know, cars and trucks. And the ultimate, to me, personally, I was always enamored with the H1, uh, you know, the Hummer. I thought, like, the H1 was, like, the, you know, Schwarzenegger had one. It was it was just always, like, you know, the ultimate 4x4 truck, um, in, you know, at least in my eyes. And it uh, wasn't until later in life I was, like, a junior in college. And it was right around the time that the government was, like, selling all those surplus Humvees um, for really cheap. And I was like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Like, the H1 was always so expensive. Like, I think they used to retail for, like, 150 grand um, back in 06. And I was like, holy crap, you can get almost the same thing, just no frills for, like, five, ten grand. Yeah, in um, fact, uh, the uh, Alpha is what you're talking about. That was the last generation of yes, the H1 with the uh, 6.6 Duramax. It had helical gear portal axles on it instead of the straight cut, a little better drivability, uh, more power. And I believe, I remember at Four Wheeler Magazine, we had a hardtop wagon uh, as one of our testers. It was a uh, the beige sand color, and it was 145 Yeah. So, yeah, if you just for, like, inflation today, I mean, you're still you're pushing the $200,000, you know, envelope on that. On that yeah, with inflation. And those things used now, I mean, geez, I've seen them. I saw one or two uh, – used for like 300 grand a piece they were like you know no mile like very very low mile collectible trucks they were very uh very limited production and essentially am general licensed with uh general motors or general motors licensed with am general to get the hummer name and then to basically license the vehicle and paid 
AM general to you're, you're guess, gonna have to extra, you're gonna have to excuse Holman. He's he's I'm, struggling to talk to you while eating yeah, a, cookie. a chocolate chip cookie. No, it's an M. It's an, <laughs> what's wrong with you? It's, Not during an interview, you douchebag. It's, it's an M and M cookie. <laughs> because I can leave a chocolate chip cookie alone. I cannot leave an M and M cookie. I know. Alone. Hey, All we right. we committed a cardinal sin right here. So Adam and his crew there, they are innovators. So um, oh, we, we, we didn't, didn't even play. We didn't intro. play your intro, Adam. Are you a country fan or more of a punk rock fan? Uh, I'd say. Maybe more punk rock. All right. Well, then. Okay. Well, then. Then here we go. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Truck show. Truck show. Truck show. Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> can we can we link that to the mil spec uh the phone number basically <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give it to you as a ringtone so. all right you've reached the voicemail <laughs> yeah um yeah so anyway going back to they were limited production am general built them for general motors basically and uh you know they had a, a fairly short run and so now these days finding them is hard, but like you said, the, for the no, longest wait, 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 time. Wait, wait, hold on a second. You said a, a relatively short run. What do you mean? Like they made a, a ton of them for the military? No, for the military, the civilian okay. versions were completely different. Oh, and so and for the yeah. longest time, the military surplus versions were not allowed to be sold to Americans. Like they, they couldn't go back out to surplus to the general public. And so a law changed or something changed at one point, and then they just flooded the market, and you could get them dirt cheap, but they were the military versions. The, the completely different in terms of like trim and comfort and stereo and AC and a hundred million other things that that went into and, and the so, powertrain is still like with the six the six two or what? The six five. The six five, yeah. sorry, yeah. Six five. Basically it saw it saw the military ones coming out. I was like, well, you know, this is a start. Like I was in college and I was still I graduated by the way, which you know, I so I started it and um you know we basically ended up buying those uh you know some of the military ones i actually bought like 50 of them um so really did you cheap 50 did you wait 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 wait, wait stop yeah. adam, wait adam stop you said 50 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, 50, 40, 50 40, 47 they like the most but so okay. wait a minute. hold on a second so i had some so i had friends that were like coming out of college and they'd pull their money and they'd buy like a small parcel of land you know somewhere in the boondocks and hope like you know we're gonna flip this so yeah. maybe they get like a condo and they're like we're gonna be in the real estate business how did you pool the money for 47 Hummers, even if they're dirt cheap. Like, how do you do that as a struggling college student? Actually, technically Humvees. Humvees, sorry, yes. Well, honestly, I mean, it was just more of like, this is Eden, but I mean, we at this point, we were initially just coming up with the, the concept for the business. So we had, you know, talked to an, an investor and we were afraid at that time that the market was, I mean, they were going to stop selling the Humvees. So we weren't really sure what the residual effects on, like, you know, the, the the aftermarket and used market would be on the Humvees. Turns out they never stopped selling them. And uh, we were like two years or a year and eight months into our, produ- our our development for that platform. And we were going through all of our due diligence and legal, found out that there's like, you know, eight to, to 10 states that under no circumstances will allow you to register those trucks for road use. Even if you had an existing title for those trucks, you had your SF-97, had all your paperwork, a lot of key states, um, you know, just did not want those trucks in the road. So we actually had to liquidate all 47 Humvees. And oh, that's where the civilian. Yeah, the, the price point at that point, that's when we really sat down and, and said, you know, the three of us, we needed to really reevaluate the business. And, and that's why we uh, 
you know, we went with the civilian truck and we really decided to, to really go um, less of like the performance, uh, you know, beater off road type, you know, turnkey vehicle, but more of like, what can we do to really modernize and create, you know, an H1 for 2018 and 2019 that makes sense and improves upon the faults of the original truck. So it was definitely a huge learning experience. I wouldn't recommend anybody go to some buys 40 plus Humvees <laughs> at first. We we did all right on that. And, you know, we were able to, to kind of, you know, sell those and then redistribute those funds to get the civilian trucks. So, and, and it gave us a pretty big, uh, you know, pretty big, uh, I guess, base to try different variations. I mean, we did beat on all of those trucks pretty heavily. Um, we have like 80 acres of proving grounds, um, on the, on our facility, um, or in, you know, around our facility in Kansas where we built a truck. So we've got everything from like old dirt hills to probably 30 acres of paved parking lot and two tracks and a bunch of other, uh, fenced off land around it. So we, we definitely had our fun, um, trying to break stuff and figure out a lot of the weak points, not only on the stock ones, but then once we started developing, um, the actual, you know, our, our secret sauce and our formula for, you know, building off of that platform. Um, it really did allow us to fully expose ourselves to, you know, all the, all the pitfalls and all the areas that, you know, we could, we could really work on strengthening and improving. Now, did you guys, um, this lightning speaking, when you guys started this, did you keep this kind of on the DL? Was it hush hush or did you reach oh, oh, out? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, you didn't immediately reach out to like Warren winches and suspension companies trying to no. procure parts no. and stuff like that. Oh no. So it's actually like the opposite. So like super under the radar in terms of like, even like suppliers, like honestly at that point, especially the first year to two years, we weren't even like setting up like wholesale. No, we were, we were purchasing stuff at full retail just to see what we, you know, what worked for us and what worked in terms of quality as well. So yeah, we, we weren't doing anything in terms of like out in the public image until what March of 2018. We actually finally released the first 001, as we call it, the launch edition platform. When we finally released that, you know, not even a year ago. That's when we finally got out in the public eye. But, you know, for a solid year and a half, two years there, we were just in full, uh, you know, whether there be development or testing. Um, and then finally, ultimately, the last three months, the first quarter of 2018 was just nonstop quality control and, and finalization of the product, which was, you know, ultimately what the finished 001 was. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, the up until now, we still really haven't been, you know, diving so much into working out deals and working out. Um, you know, the custom parts side of things, we've all just, we've done everything just in house, honestly. I mean, we found it's, it's much easier to develop it ourselves, like for instance, a proof of concept or even on a limited production run, and then take something that we've developed or modified the proven parts, the, the proven stuff. And then you, you take to a, you know, a supplier and you say, Hey, like, can you build us a steering column, but change this, you know, turn signal stock? Like, this is what we did. We're not steering column specialists, but you guys are the ones that make it. And, you know, let's let's work together on this and figure it out. Question for you is, what did you find immediately were the, um, the weak points and what was the stuff you could stick with? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing from just doing initial testing, I'm sure you guys remember the H1, the platform was not conducive of, of everyday spilling use because of, you know, first of all, it was slow. Uh, the braking could be challenging. There was cooling issues because of where the power train is mounted. So hold on for a sec right there. So I, I don't want to yeah. get past. I, I don't think 
many of our listeners have actually driven one, and so I haven't. So there's there's a lot of challenges with them. Like you said, the cooling stack and thermal management. When the Alpha came out, they tried to fix a lot of those issues. They they tried to bra- uh, fix the brakes, but the brakes are inboard brakes, kind of like on a Jaguar, and so they're super hard to change and, and deal with. And with the portal axles out on the side, one of the things they went was to a helical cut gear on the portal axles instead of the straight cut that were on the earlier versions because what would happen is you'd come to a stop and it would rock back and forth on the on the uh, portals. Oh. Um, and just the way you know the way you would sit in it because the engine and the drivetrain was underneath the, the doghouse was super wide and huge, but your area was sort of confined and uh, you had all your instrumentation and you have your shifter and your stereo and your passengers are super far away and of course they're very loud and so it's hard to to hear people so then when the alpha came out they added some sound deadening they added some soft touch materials they they made things a little bit nicer on the inside but it still was based on that h1 platform and i'll i'll never forget the first time i had one and drove it it was like driving a real life tonka toy or a hot wheel yep. and it was yep. so much fun that you didn't care about all the misgivings, but about two, three weeks into the loan, you're kind of like, oh, dude, I got to drive that thing again. So to start yeah. off with that, I don't think I've ever heard anyone that knowledgeable on the Hummer yeah, H1 you platform. Yeah, you just right there. Most <laughs> gears and the fact you call it a doghouse. Yeah, that's I was like, I well, that's, that's yeah, Holman for you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Helps us kind of get into like the... You know, the nitty gritty of, of what the issues were. I mean, the biggest thing, like those small little things over time and ownership and daily daily use really just add up and make life hard for the owners and the drivers. So we really like that was like literally the first thing that we really wanted to to, to, to address, at least with the powertrain and just the drivability of the trucks. I think that's like aesthetics aside, design aside, that's that com- that you know comes in time. It has to drive and perform and be usable and that that was the first thing we really wanted to to attack so and i mean okay so kind of going a little bit into the nitty-gritty so so the original like for instance the 06 alpha is just because you know that was kind of the you know the pinnacle of the h1 uh you know they only had a LLY duramax in there i think it made like 310 horsepower it made a lot of strides in some of the cooling capacity of the truck um i mean that truck you actually could drive on the highway pretty comfortably where it feel like it was gonna you know like bite you um ours so one of the first things obviously diesel it's a big truck 7500 pounds uh in terms of the diesel we kind of want to stick with like some of the gm heritage um honestly i do i'm not really super biased people come in power stroke duramax down the day you know, everyone has their own opinions. We happen to use an LBZ built in-house, internally blueprinted and balanced, um, which is kind of unheard of for, you know, diesel You said motor. You, you guys are tuning Plus, them in-house? Like, you know, or a drag racing truck. You're, you're tuning them in-house or no? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, from building to tuning everything in-house, the only thing we don't actually do is, you know, hone out like the cylinders. So we have a very good, reputable um, company we use. We'll send out like our blocks. The cylinders get honed out. They, you know, balance all the, you know, internal rotating assembly of the motor and so on and so forth. And then everything's assembled. So our, our trucks put out, uh, you know, the standard outputs like 500 horsepower. Um, with five different selectable uh, tuning modes. So uh, basically going through EFI Live, there's a switch under the dash and the driver can select from, you know, the standard, what's the, like, what's the standard output on like tune level one? 
basically goes up in like 30, 40 horsepower increments all the way up to 500. Obviously, like when I drive, I just leave it in max tune level five all the time. Right. Yeah. Because why not? Because why not? Yeah. Exactly. Because why not? And uh, and then Allison 1000 six speed transmission. So that's really nice. Uh, I mean, cruising at 75, 80, you're a hair above 2000 RPM. Um, which is like pretty ideal for that motor and our trucks get really good gas mileage. I mean, you know, around town, um, they're getting anywhere between, I like to be a little bit more conservative. They can get upwards of 20 if you're cruising it, you know, an ideal, yeah, 55 to I'd say 65, you can, you can almost squeeze out 20 MPGs average. Wow. Um, around around the city, it's you know thirteen to fifteen is pretty. Are you guys normal? Are off. you guys using the uh, five speed Allison with that setup? No, it's a six speed. Oh, you so are using the six the speed. Okay. Because the Alpha had the five speed. Yeah. The yeah. Alpha exactly. Had the five speed. And, and you guys brought up that the Alphas were uh, LLYs, and so it was actually three hundred horsepower five twenty, but the same pickup trucks of that two thousand six genre, those were LBZ trucks, and those were three sixty six fifty. And I think part of the exactly. part of the issue with uh, the H1 Alphas at the time and why they couldn't go to the the hotter power output and the LBZ had to do with packaging and just the thermal management. Yeah, that's been 100% a huge, correct. That's yep. been a huge. Um, so when the the cooling capacity, repackaging the power train, and then also thermal management of the transmission was huge. Huge, yeah, huge challenge. Massive. Yeah, that's a huge challenge. But I mean, we've ran up and down Angeles Crest, and I mean, pretty much anywhere else you could probably take to the sand dunes. And, I mean, again, just starting out early in 2016, we started out at Silver Lake Sand Dunes out in Michigan, and yeah, I mean, the first the first couple of times, um, you know, it wasn't overheating by any means, but it was, you know, it was a bit of a of a shock to see your numbers when you're in the sand getting up that high. And then, you know, fast forward two years later, we're at the point where we're running up and down Angeles Crest for a couple hours. And, you know, the training attempts are never going over 180. Right. And you're kind of like, you know, laugh, we're kind of laughing to ourselves at that point. Like, oh, it's, it's almost comical that why like why were they not capable of doing this from an OEM standpoint? Yeah, did you guys have like a um, secret we're... high five where you're like, we're better than GM, we're better than GM? <laughs> a lot of people have had that secret high five about GM, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so you guys, is are, are these emissions equipped or I assume these are all deleted, right? LBZ, no, it's no. not deleted. Uh, we did maintain the ECR. Part but... of the reason we went with the LBZ is it's like the last model year of that Duramax motor that didn't have like the after treatment, yeah, like DEF yeah, and all, yeah. all, you know, the filters and whatnot. Um, so we do, yeah, we do retain. It is funny though, the only, like the one main press truck that we've had in California is the one truck that we're like, oh, let's do a, um, you know, DPF or no, an EGR delete on it. Right. Because we just wanted to see. But all of our trucks come standard with, you know, EGR and all of the original available you know, emissions equipment that they had. So Gotcha. So you're saying that and, we could enjoy them in either New York or California? Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, <right>. good. Perfect. <laughs> and, and let me ask you this. So price range, the the, uh, the products they come outfitted with, and then who is your target buyer? Or do you have one? Well, I mean, the standard uh, price of the truck are very upfront about pricing. I think it's important to be. There's a lot of companies and, uh, you know, shops that kind of hide from the pricing. It's 218.5 out the gate, including the donor truck. Okay. So that's turnkey. So yeah. I mean, minus whatever the taxes are and the registration fees. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of conversations to be had about the value proposition for that. I mean, just the inflation adjustment of those six alpha alone, um, knocking on 200 store, uh, makes sense, but there's also, obviously you guys are very aware of the amount of man hours that go into a frame, nut and bolt restoration and uh you know 
Yeah, I don't think we talked about that. You guys are literally taking everything apart, and it's down to basically a frame. Yeah, so it's literally the only thing we retained uh, from the donor vehicle is the the frame rails and the body. Oh, wow. uh, Everything else is, I mean, it's all repurposed. A lot of people are like, what are you doing with all those parts? Like, we we have our avenues of you know circulate recirculating the parts. And <laughs> what are you doing with all those? Yeah, this whole secondary market. Like, Bu- there's there's Bubba's, guys waiting outside. Yeah, right? Bu- Bubba's chop shop down oh, the uh, down the block. So, <laughs> hey, you got them H one portal axles? I got I get like I, I can't tell you. I mean, this is not a knock to anybody that calls. You're welcome to call me, but I get probably five or six voicemails a week of like, can I get a temp gauge for my '96 wagon? It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Not guy. selling yeah. it. No. Uh, How hard is it to find those uh, those original H1 parts? You know, the axle boxes and the CVs. I know like RCV makes Hummer axle shafts, and you could probably find the brakes. But what are some of the hard to find parts? You know, when you're going into restoring these things. It's the, it's the really like strange stuff you never think of, like door handles, for example. Yeah. We had to we had to retool door handles, which is like a what they they required like a thirty thousand part order in order to even retool them. Oh my God. So well, that's that's why I, so we like, we interviewed Multimatics like, not long ago, and yeah. that's how Multimatic got got started is making door handles. Yeah. Well, that's funny. I mean, well, yeah, think about it. If you're doing if you're talking about a wagon, right, with a tailgate, that's uh that's five uh five per vehicle. So you only need to sell. Uh, let's see here. Six thousand of these uh, bespoke uh, mil spec H ones, and and you can hey, pay for that run of door buy, handles. Y'all want to buy any door handles? <laughs> <laughs> it's there's 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 stupid. It's a lot of the silly stuff that you wouldn't expect. I mean, a lot of the good. The well, good it's part, the stuff that no one would ever replace. They're like, why would anyone actually go and replace their door handle? But it's just we don't want to leave anything untouched. And I mean, by the time you you know try to you know blast the door handle, replace all the springs, and like retap on like welds on the back it's, it's like you're better off just getting a new one right but i mean again just to even obtain one it's, they never even thought the name whatever whatever they secondly stopped production of a truck and never thought we're gonna need to replace door handles we're gonna need to replace like door seals nobody ever replaced that type of stuff on an h1 but you know axle shafts and and things of that nature those were all the the wear items that, that you know am general or all the suppliers of am general they did continue to stock who needs door uh, seals when you got a you know no top or a hole in your uh, canvas military top? <laughs> yeah, it, we, yeah. I mean that's that's, that's the problem when you're trying to make something that was never meant to be watertight, completely watertight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet they designed it to get wet. They took the opposite approach. Like, yeah. let's not seal anything, but just make the that, interior so you can fully go underwater. That way, yeah, that way it all goes out and it doesn't sit and rot. Although the uh, the H1s have all aluminum bodies, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And a lot of people don't, you know, really realize. I mean, geez, a stock Humvee only weighs like 4,500 pounds dry. Yeah, yeah, no. it's pretty... And, and now so. the up the up armored uh, H1s or, or Humvees are now like 18,000 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Poor yeah. suspension. Where can our listeners go? The website, socials, et cetera? Yeah, so if you, it's it's probably easy just to give you the website. So if you just go to millspecauto.com, um, you can obviously check out all of the details uh, you know, on the launch edition. You can see the previous builds we've done and all of our inventory trucks. Um, all of our social media, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest is all in the top left corner. So you can just click on all that. 
but that's really the best place to keep up to date. We update it regularly, probably once a week with new content and we're very active on social media. So it's, it's a good way to keep in contact and in touch with what we're doing. Now you said you've got inventory. So like right now, if someone had a hankering to buy one, I mean, you, you've got them sitting on the, yeah, on the showroom floor. We have three trucks right now that are ready to go. We've been using those as dealer demos, dealer demo trucks and media trucks. Um, those trucks have between 800 and 1200 miles on them. So what happens after they do their media runs, we ship them back to Kansas, they get fully serviced and, you know, whether they're doing events or media drives, those trucks are definitely available to purchase. And then the uh, 2018 and 2019 production is almost completely allocated except for two slots. So oh, good. One for lightning and one for me. That works out great, Perfect. guys. Perfect. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for thinking of us, guys. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been on the site. I've seen them. And yes. now I need to I need to go for a ride. Now, am I driving or are you driving? Oh, I'm driving. Uh, really? You yeah, sure? Yeah, I... I I'm driving. Okay. They're, they're pretty wide. You know what's funny? Is I, I'll never forget the first time I drove a... a they're a, not as wide as your belly after that wiener schnitzel tonight. Yeah, we're, we, we aren't doing so good on the wiener schnitzel. <laughs> our New Year's resolution's gone. <laughs> but I will never, I'll never forget the first time I drove a H1 was with Rod Hall, and, and uh, I've gone racing oh, with the Hall family. Way. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so... Uh, awesome. Yeah. So Rod led the press drive in, a, in one of his chase trucks, which was an H1. And uh, Rod said, if you're, and these are the two things of, of, of advice, and this is probably, I don't know, this is probably like 2005 or so. And a bunch of journalists, some can drive, some can't drive. He's like, I'll give money to anybody who has more scratches on their driver's side than their passenger side. Because those things are so wide, you would try not to scratch up the driver's side, and you just, just rake up yeah, rake the passenger side. side. And then he said, if you're up and down off your jounces, you're driving too fast. So don't overdrive the suspension. And you'd see guys, I mean, those things didn't have the best suspension for going fast, and they pogo. And you'd see guys yeah, just completely bottoming, topping, bottoming, topping, <laughs> bottoming. And then, you know, you're just like, oh, that looks painful. That would be funny, though, to see him watching from the sidelines, though. Oh, dude, it was awesome. Yeah, to this day, uh, Rod's one of my uh, one of my friends, and uh, his his sons, Josh and Chad, have gone racing with. And uh, they're the ones who introduced me, basically, to to Hummer and the H1s. And it was, it's, it was awesome. And to see you guys kind of take that torch and the legacy of that brand and do something awesome with it. I think all of our listeners need to go to the website and just check out how awesome these things are. They're very well done. Thank you. Thank you very much a lot. Well, guys, thank you very much for carving out some time for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Look forward to uh, hopefully getting you guys in uh, one of our trucks very, very soon. You do not have to yeah, twist our arms. Not, not at all. If you guys find yourself <laughs> back in uh, back in L.A. and you want to come down to the studio and bring one, let us know. And we'll, uh, we'll throw it up on our uh, socials and stuff and basically... Uh, I don't know. Twist your arm to let us go for a drive. Definitely. Let's do it. Do you think they'll awesome. fit in the Wiener Schnitzel drive through They are, it will definitely not fit through the Wiener Schnitzel drive through <laughs> I can better, barely get our uh, Colorado ZR2 through that thing. I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. As you're, uh, we're, just as we're wrapping up that call, a text comes through, and it's from Mike Spagnola. Hey, it's Mike. Our and buddy Mike at SEMA. Yeah, Mike is uh, head of the SEMA garage. Uh-huh. Okay, and Mike uh, writes, Billy Bargain? Really? I'm at the gym <laughs> laughing my ass off on the treadmill. Funny stuff. And I'm like, he's a little behind. You know what? That, that's, <laughs> a, that's a good uh, way to get into uh, Inbox. Yes, it is. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. Dance. Go home, man. Go home, man. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Why do we 
do this every time. Because it's fun? <laughs> why, why wouldn't we do this every time? All right, am I starting? You starting? No, you We're start. Doing... No, you got to go. You got to go. All right, this one's from Gary King. I did not see that coming, but it was worth it when I heard it. Made me smile. My smile just got bigger and bigger. Two words to sum it up. Billy Bargain. <laughs> <laughs> Price less. less. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. All right, I got one here from, uh, looks like Andrew. Andrew says, Lightning and Holman, just listened to your latest episode talking about mud bogging in Michigan. A great place to check out is Twist Trails Off-Road Park. They have almost everything Michigan has to offer for off-roading. What do you say? Twist Trails Off-Road? Twist Trails Off-Road Park. Do we know where that is? I don't. Okay. Uh, We will have to check that out. He says, uh, they also hold several big events throughout the year with their quote-unquote dog parties being some of their biggest. If you're still giving out stickers, I'd love to put one on my gambler. This is run in the 2018 Detroit Gambler 500. It's a uh, looks like an expedition, like a 90, uh, looks like a 97, 98 expedition. This is ran in the 2018 Detroit Gambler 500. And will again this year. Everything you see is under $500 and has been the most fun I've ever had. Love the show. Keep up the great work and five stars. Five stars. All right, it looks like a Twisted Trails Off Road Park is in Copamish, Michigan. Okay, is that? Coppamish or Copamish? I'm, I don't know. I know I'm screwing it up, so I'm sorry, but yeah. it's in Michigan. Say it both ways, and then at least you're 50% exactly. right. So check out this expedition. Right. How rad is that? Let's go find oh, it. Dude, I want those colors. I know. I want to go get a $500 freaking car and then go blaze through that thing. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, so this is straight dirt every day is what yeah, this is, absolutely. right? Uh, like, so there, tough it's, truck it's, challenge yeah, kind it's of a, thing. It's spray painted. It's oh, sort of like a lemon, uh, uh, lemons, but for, uh, looks like maybe trucks. Lemons. Lemons. And uh, he's got the American, look, did you look close? He's got American flag in the tow hitch in the back. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's uh, number four. Not that you would need to, uh, you know, there's not that many white, blue, mint green, uh, red. And, and yellow. And yellow expeditions. But in case you're confused, it has an 04 on the side. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Just in case you did, and it's set and finish. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's it might be flat. I, I can't tell by the uh, the pictures in the email because you know the paper quality, but it might actually be uh, house paint. I'm gonna say it's Krylon. It might be Krylon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, this one's from Colby White, and the title is Billy Bargain Deck's new slogan. Oh, okay, I like all right. That. I'm dying listening to the latest intro. Sounds like Billy came up with Deck's latest slogan. It won't quite fit your mother-in-law. But it'll fit anything else. <laughs> he says dead. It was so funny. Oh, my God. Nice. That's hilarious. All right. Got one here from uh, Trucker Jones. And uh, Trucker Jones. Trucker says, Jones. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. It's Tucker Jones. Hold Tucker. On. Wait, no, <laughs> I like Trucker no, Jones. No, no, no. Wait, but hold on. Wait, wait, wait. We are deeply sorry. Sorry, Tucker. Okay. There I you apologize go. for that. Hey, guys. Just want to say that the truck review segment. Truck review. Yeah. Roll the coal and drag it. Truck nuts. Yep. Uh, that right. one. He says, uh, that's my favorite. Maybe because of the jingle. What's wrong with us? Uh, it, I'm nothing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, maybe because of the jingle, I was really excited to hear the truck review of the new Ranger. I'm a big Ford fan. What I'm really looking forward to is when you can do a truck review. They're all in caps with exclamation. Okay, like got, it, that got way. it. Of the new Bronco. Um, no, we'll be a little ways out. Yeah. I can't talk about it. What do we, oh, what, what, you have a date though, right? Can't talk about it. You don't even have a date? 2020. Okay. 2020. Uh-huh. That's the best I can give you. Uh, that sucks ass. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. Uh, I am a bigger Bronco fan than anything else. Ford is waiting so long to release any pictures, though. I am nervous they will screw it up, and then I would be severely <laughs> disappointed. Either way, keep up the great work, and I can't wait for the next truck review. And I know it's from 
Tucker Jones, but he is now going to forever be known as Trucker, Trucker Jones. Jones here on the uh, Truck Show podcast. All right. Yeah, buddy. This one's from uh, Freed Anderson. I heard Ronnie mention your show on his latest podcast. Oh, Ronnie from C10 Talk? Yep. Sweet. Okay. On his latest podcast and decided to check it out, starting with your newest episode, and so far I'm liking it. I heard Marcel mention the 88 to 98 CK trucks, and I agree with him. They're starting to pick up some steam already, and luckily there's still so many of them out there. But I thought you guys might like to see this guy's stuff if you haven't already. It's Elevated Concepts, Inc. And, all right, so here's a pic of my 97 GMC that I bought for 550 bucks. Hey, it's I don't care a, who you are. That's a good deal any yeah, day of the week. It's just a tired 4.35 speed, but I've uh, wheeled and dealed to get it to this point for under two grand. And I want to V8 swap it eventually. Let me show you this picture here. Holman. So how would you describe that guy? Oh yeah, so uh, GMC uh, kind of a is that a uh, is that a not a what's that color like a root beer color? No, uh, I mean it's uh, it's sort of faded. It's one. It's got it looks like it has what, a Chevy it, fender. Was There's it a, a maroon color? In it the was beginning? maroon at one point. Yeah, and now it's root beer. But he's got you know he's got some decent wheel and tire package on it. He's got a a hood on it. He's got a <laughs> you're being kind. Well, like, no, like a cool like a air scoop hood. Oh, okay. It's I mean you know I drive that thing for two thousand. It's like a rad jalopy is the best way I can describe that. But it's dumped. It's dumped. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's cool. So we've got one from our uh, buddy Trevor who writes from time to time. He says, I've got a great mediation for the name battle. Mediation? Yeah. He says, uh, we'll just combine them into Jayshon. Jayshon? <laughs> yeah. So his letter says, that is, uh, Dear Jayshon. That's, like that's, uh, that's an R&B name. R&B. Jayshon? Yeah, Jayshon. Yeah, well, yeah. Hold on. Yo, it's Yo, Jayshon. What's up? Spinning hey. the tracks. All you ladies and bad boys out there in truck land. No, 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 I was down in L.A. and I was hopping onto the 101 from Hollywood Boulevard, yapping on the phone to my girlfriend and something caught my eye. In a Pier 1 Imports parking lot, I saw some weird box on top of a truck at a weird angle. Hmm? Then I noticed it was multiples. Hmm? Then I noticed they were truck beds. Freaking hydraulics and realized it was a mini truck, me! No! <laughs> Where was this? Uh, in, it sounds like uh, L.A., off Hollywood Boulevard in the, uh, in the 101. How He's, did we not know about he this? He says, my excitement was clearly not shared by my girlfriend with her lack of caring rivaled only by her lack of understanding, but I knew you guys would understand and maybe share the excitement to know that mini trucking is still going on enough to have a weekend meetup. So that's like, I mean, yeah, it's not dead because remember I, I texted you this uh, the flyer. On oh yeah, Instagram. like that had the full '80s look to it. Oh, totally. It was like someone had taken a, uh, a 1989 mini truck, bubble wrapped it, and just <laughs> unwrapped it right here in front of my eyes. Uh, mini truck showdown festival in Bakersfield, California, Kern County Fairgrounds, February 15th through 18th this year. Traditional mini style show. I like it. Pre-register link right here. Uh, it's mini truck showdown on Instagram. Oh, okay. I'm not going to be able to go because I think I'm traveling uh, somewhere that that weekend. Is that like Valentine's Day or something? I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, it is a. This is a, that's a Toyota friend, or is that hard body? What, what is that? What was the date? That's a Toyota. What was, it, what was the date on that? The, t- the date 15th. is oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah February 15th through 17th. All right, so if any, if any of our listeners uh, head on out to that thing, definitely take some pictures for us because uh, that is awesome. And then uh, this one is from Steve G. The title is One of Only Two Podcasts That I Listen To. What's up, Lightning and Holman? I just discovered your podcast last week and I've been listening to every possible moment to catch up to the current day. I was a little leary at first, but then after hearing Holman name drop people like Mike Alexander, 
Courtney Hallowell and Mike Finnegan, I knew I had found something great. My favorite part is when Holman starts telling stories about what I consider the golden days of mini trucking with shows like Heat Wave and Showfest back in Greenville. Uh, you you have talked about that quite a few times. Was that yeah. Showfest? Showfest. Like, I, I was never at that show, but yeah, it was awesome. It was basically this town near the Mississippi River. And uh, it had a, it was funny, it had a, a steakhouse in town, okay. which was like a banquet room okay. that served steak. And the lady who owned it said that uh, Showfest was her second busiest time of the year, behind Valentine's Day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the town was only about like a mile and a half, two miles long, but they had like a super Kmart and yeah. it had like a, um, like a really nice sit-go gas station yeah. and stuff. And everybody would come from all the neighboring towns and would literally be like five people deep on either side of the street okay. for miles. And people would be... Dumping their trucks, so it's just scraping a cruise. bots, bots, dots, flipping around. It's just a cruise, then. Yeah, but it was wild. Like every parking lot, every I mean, you couldn't get away with it back then. The cops would say, uh, you know, people would be drinking in their trucks, and they'd pull you over, and they'd be like, "Let me take a picture of uh, of me and your girlfriend, and I'll let you go." Really? Yeah, stuff like that. And um, it was just wild. Like everybody everywhere was just you know, having fun. I remember. There was a uh, casino on like a riverboat on the Mississippi River, and because the river would change height, the parking lot was like a um, concrete ramp at like a forty-five degree angle down into the river. Right. And so us jackasses had like a Buick Century for a uh, for a rental car. Yeah. So four of us got in it and backed as far down into <laughs> the Mississippi into the River as possible to hear the exhaust make boat noises, and then <laughs> we couldn't get out. Oh. Because it was too heavy and you couldn't open the back doors to get people out because they were underwater. Don't tell me you went backwards into it. No, no, no. We were able. We had to. I think people got out through the uh, back door windows. Okay. And then kind of helped ourselves back up the ramp. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh. Oh, that could have been should have had insurance. Very embarrassing. Right I there. remember there was a guy, a forest, uh, who used to come to all the shows and stuff, and he was boasting about having the insurance. So he had a like got like the most expensive Buick you could at the time, like a Roadmaster or a Park Avenue. He filled the entire. I didn't remember the names of those Buicks. I did just do, and he filled the entire trunk with ice and sodas and stuff, and it was melting and leaking through the back seat. <laughs> And uh, he was doing like TJ Hooker, like hood slides and stuff on it, nice. and like running over the top. And he's like, "Dude, I got the insurance." I'm like, "Dude, can I do a hood slide?" He goes, "Yeah, I don't care." It's awesome. Just scratching all just, over with your belt buckle the and whole, stuff. Dude, that whole environment. What a just... dumbass name, though. Showfest. Like you didn't even try. <laughs> Showfest. Okay, truck show podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Uh, he takes up here and says, "I'm a 10 year plus uh, member of Definite Obsessions, which is a club that started in Cali back in '92, and currently I'm working on a '95 Forerunner sitting on a '93 Toyota pickup chassis that's getting bagged." And I got a bagged 86 Zuzu space cab that was left to me uh, by a club brother who passed away and a 93 hard body. Wow, this guy is in it to yeah, win it. Yeah, dude, Holy seriously. Crap. Uh, he says, love the podcast. Keep it going. And if you're ever in the Ozarks area, I hope we are in the Ozarks area sometime <laughs> soon, but I don't know if we're going to get there anytime soon. I suggest the first week of October, you look for the Sparks in the Ozarks. Oh, now that's a great title. Now, right now, there. now they tried. Yeah, they tried. Sparks in the Ozarks. It's a three-day river run style show that has everything on site, including camping, cabins, food, and drunken debauchery. Count us in. Uh, oh, thanks for giving awesome. me something to actually listen to and enjoy. And that's again from Steve G. Thank you very much dude, for listening. Right and uh, hey, by the way, give us some freaking five stars there, Steve oh, G. Dude, I got some five stars for you. 
How about, uh, let's see, uh, if we go over to the uh, iTunes account. So please, everybody, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave a review. Leave us five stars. Can we- I pause you right there? Yep. I want to sh- reach your hand across the table here. Yes. Shake my hand. It's not, it's, no, it's, don't, it's not Why freaky. Is this weird? I'm shaking you for being number two on the uh, oh, yeah. automotive category in iTunes. Uh, not only were we number two in automotive category in iTunes today, but we were in the top 10, number nine in games and hobbies, which is the broader category that automotive falls under. I got to say, I love Matt Farah, but we, we wiped your yeah. butt today. Yes, we did. Uh, hey, Matt. Hello. Hello. <laughs> no, no, no. We, way, need, we need Matt. He's gonna, we, we, we need him in here. We need we to have need him. him and uh, Adam Carolla? Yes. Sorry, Adam. You suck. <laughs> uh, we can only say that today because yeah, we kicked out. Because we're going to kick our ass tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tomorrow I'm sure we'll be back down to our normal spot around 60 or something like that. But man, we were number two today. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was a fresh feeling. Thank Dude. you for saying. Like Holman screen grabbed his entire Mac. Like the <laughs> whole did. like all the podcasts lined up in automotive. And it's like, look at this. I go, yeah. you just photoshopped us into number two. He's no, like, no, dude, because because we watched it climb over the last couple of days. Dude, and, it's been and huge. I want to thank Greg A. Greg A. Listeners, yeah. so Greg Alberella, who's yep. our Cummins YouTuber, dude. He's he's. He's the best. Dude, thank you. And he shared out the link, and a lot of his fans are probably listening now, which we really, really apologize. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Do we like, need to play, play the apology beat? Yeah, uh, I, oh, yeah sure. Or we thing? are deeply sorry. Yes, we are. We're sorry. So sorry. We're sorry. So we need to have more <laughs> Cummins content to make them happy. Uh, well, we can do that. Um, so let's see. I've got a couple things here. So got some reviews. Uh, you guys rock from, uh, let's see, Atrelio. It says, I love the podcast. Keep it up. And... Five stars. Okay, and then we've got a fruit cake and truck talk <laughs> from Pokey YJ says truck talk from two guys that could as well be your buddies in the garage, and they even do stupid stuff like your buddies in the garage. Great <laughs> job, guys! Keep it up, and that is five, five stars. stars. And then uh, we've got a few uh, a few social uh, notes that people have dropped to us, and I feel like we haven't really done a lot, so these are pretty quick. What do you mean social notes? Like, like on, on Instagram, Instagram or Facebook? direct message at Truck Show Podcast at Truck Show Podcast. Uh, we've got one from. Uh, uh, you can't even pronounce okay, it. Can pronounce you? it. <laughs> Brenclaw one. Okay, Brenclaw. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he says, uh, "Here's a glimpse of those seasons you're missing out on. It's his odometer and a GM. It's minus twenty. And he says, "Winter in Minnesota." Also, this is oh Brent K. Uh, you read my email in the last episode. No disrespect toward Lightning. With my hashtag Team Holman comment. Oh. He does not suck. I just knew it would bother him. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks for the input and happy new year. And yeah, buddy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, dude. Uh, really appreciate that. And we've got one here from uh, from the, the Doug. The uh, Doug. The underscore Doug. He okay. says, uh, and he's a tough looking dude. Like what, he's got a beard, he's got see. sunglasses, he's got like a bandana, yeah, like Brett okay. Michael style. So yeah. I feel like he sounds like this. I feel a man crush is coming on for you guys. I just love the length and content of your podcast. That's what she said. And <laughs> five stars. There we go. All right, we've got one here from Duckman Bob, nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> Dude, the uh, the handles, the Instagram handles, <laughs> are just stellar going off week. tonight. Uh, just gotta say, I'm loving the podcast. A friend recommended the show to me, and I listen to it while I'm at work. I currently drive a seventeen Chevrolet Silverado LT that I installed HD mirrors and and debadged the truck. As you guys are talking about in episode two. Regarding people who buy trucks as family vehicles, I agree. Plus, I enjoy driving a truck. Don't know if I'm going to do any mods other than tinting the windows and changing the tires, but keep it up. The show rocks. So we appreciate he that. He should do uh, an intake and exhaust, help it out a little bit. You yeah, know, you yeah, don't have why, to go hog wild. Why not? And then we got uh, Fuel Driver 1203 says, uh, Hey guys, just listened to the latest episode, and I'm so up for the Listener Party podcast. Best place to meet would be a brewery. 
I just recently went into a new brewery in Anaheim called Brewheim, close to Anaheim Stadium. It's got a big parking lot and a big tasting room with two separate bars. Hope this will happen soon so I can bring my 2003 V8 Forerunner with 130,000 miles. Wow. That's from Frank, and he says... Five stars! Sweet. We should go to that, or we should try Golden Road, which is right across from uh, Anaheim Stadium. Yeah, I, w- Gold- I would Golden Road Brewery? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Can they fit us? Uh, I don't know. We could probably do four, I mean, dude, it's like a, four like sons and HB, It's the size too. of a supermarket in there. Oh. I have an idea. Uh-huh. This might be premature. Okay. What if we do a meetup at Lone Star Throwdown with our Texas brethren? Oh. Hmm? How do we do that? We got to figure out a place and do it. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, we could do it at LST, or we could do it at, at the, a restaurant uh, nearby, at, the, at a restaurant in like the Woodlands or somewhere. Oh, dude, I'm all for that. Should yeah. we start figuring out how to make that happen? Can you guys let us know, you guys in Texas, if you're going to be at LST, will, would you like to uh, do a podcast meetup? Might have some stickers and some uh, swag for you. Yeah, I, I just want to hang out and have a beer. To be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm. Uh... If you're going to LST, let us know and hit us. Either leave us a message on the five star hotline six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five, or just hit us on social at Truck Show Podcast, or email, which is Truck Show Podcast at gmail dot com. All right, and I'm Fancy Forty Three. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling I, I, you. I'm t- yeah, these, I know. You're making these things I'm up, not, dude. I'm not. Hey, love the podcast. Just started listening at work, working my way through the episodes. I'm right along with Sean. I love just about everything that has to do with trucks. I've owned each of the big three in a hard body. Yesterday, I just listened to the episode about the Silverado steering wheel. Now I know why I have a hard time being comfortable on family road trips. <laughs> and he's talking about the offset steering wheel on so many Which GM is, again, trucks. it's just to the right. right. Yeah. It's uncomfortably, Inboard. and it's just about an inch. Yeah. If you're in a Silverado your- right now or a GMC Sierra, look at your uh, steering wheel hub and then look at the crotch of your pants. That's exactly right. So your bow tie in the dead center of the horn, not it's centered. not centered. On you, you. You think it is. But right? it's not. Until you look at it now. Then look straight down, and you'll realize it's not centered over your zipper. Yeah. So he says, I'm jealous of everyone in the truck world. I'd love to be in the industry. Keep up the good work. Five stars! Sweet. So uh, that's it for uh, Inbox. So again, at Truck Show Podcast, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, or the uh, five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. We have a guest in studio, don't we? We do. So let's play Scott's intro. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill. Tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, and your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you want to come back. All right, so this is uh, my buddy Scott Bourne, and uh, Lightning always gives me, he always busts me on saying my buddy, but you and I have been friends for a long time. Yes. Well, you guys, uh, you've been been sitting here very patiently. (laughs) Scott, and I appreciate that. Listening to uh, our previous guests and the email segment, the whole hanging thing. Out. Hanging out. Hanging um, out. And you guys were chatting off the air, and he's, Holman is not BSing, you really are buddies, because you were you were having like wives stories and stuff <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? Share, you're yep. commiserating over family life. So we should and, probably yeah. say where he's from, right? As, so, so <laughs> Scott, you are kind of like VP of everything guy at, uh, <laughs> at Deaver's, is it Deaver Suspension or Deaver Springs? I think both are, are acceptable. Okay. Absolutely. We go and for those of you who don't know about Diva, in SoCal for sure, and actually in probably the Southwest too, these guys are known for being in, what, a 100-year-old barn? Um, something like that. Actually, uh, this year, 2019, is our 127th oh year God. in business. Oh. Right, no, you're joking, 127 right? no. years. Hey, no. We were founded in 1892 by Frank Deaver. You're making this up. This is a joke. And, and so no just down the street from our podcast studio is Deaver Suspension, and they are literally in an old barn. In fact, the barn... The equipment inside the barn 
used to be run by leather belt and pulleys from the ceiling. And a lot of that stuff is still there. And it's like a time warp when you go in this place. But Deaver's known for making some of the absolute best leaf springs in the business. Now, they do coil springs and all sorts of suspension stuff, but they're really known for I didn't for know leaf you guys springs. did coil springs. We actually sub out our coil suspension. We do primarily leaf springs, but we have a great outfit that does coil springs for us that we actually uh, collaborate with and design with and supply our uh, vendors with coils as well. Okay, and so Mr. Deaver, way back in 18 what? 1892, Frank Deaver started uh, Deaver Manufacturing, and back then it was... Here, here in this barn. Literally so th- probably five minutes from this studio up on 4th and... Or 1st and Grand would probably be the primary... Uh, like literally streets. five minutes. No, 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 I get this. So I'm just thinking, it's awesome that he started a, uh, a suspension company, but dear Lord, if he had bought real estate back then, just dirt and land, or well, did he? Wait for it. Okay. T- technically... The, the the business started just around the corner from our current location in 1892, and at that time, it was farmland around here. So primarily, they did a lot of blacksmithing, retooling, um, manufacturing, and fixing farm tool equipment. They also did horse and buggy springs. They had the local contract for recording the rubber on the wagon wheel tires. Oh, my Lord. And... <laughs> In 1892, he sold it to the family that still owns it now, five generations later, in 1921, and it's been in that location ever since, just around the corner from French and Lacey, where it originated, which is a stone's throw from 902 East 2nd Street in Santa Ana, where it has been ever since. Unbelievable. In a building that was actually, I believe it was... It was another blacksmith shop, but it was built in the late 1800s. It's overhead belt-driven machinery. Yeah, it's awesome. We have... Um, it's like a museum. Line, line shafts that we've donated to the Vista uh, Train Museum. All of our billow bags are at the Heritage Museum in Santa Ana. Oh, my gosh. And we still use an overhead belt drive system that operates a drill press <laughs> constantly <laughs> Dude, every it's, day. It's, I mean, just going and hanging out and seeing what they – I mean, they've got giant anvils. They're heating things up and banging on it. And I can't it just, recall. Um, so do you have photos of some of this machinery on your website? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So for those of you that uh, haven't been to Southern California, maybe if you've been to Disneyland – you're you're within ten minutes. We're ten, ten minutes south yeah, of Disneyland. Ten minutes, Probably, yeah. Just kind of southwest of Disneyland in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and this, this it's really amazing because when you come to Southern California, we always talk about traffic and yeah. houses on houses on yeah. houses. It didn't and used to be that way. No, I mean this it's was amazing. like an orange grove and and it was, agriculture well, way was, south of Los Angeles, way back. The then. whole area was ranchos. Groves. Yeah, it was, it was all orange groves back yeah. then. Yes, and, and so. I met Scott back in the day. So the Crosby family, which uh, which owns it today, was well known in the racing and pre-runner community for making great leaf springs. And they sort of were known for Rangers and Toyotas. And they were always the, the leaf spring to get. And I feel like, you know, these days everybody's coil over, coil over, coil over. But there's still a place for leaf springs. So I'm like, you know, Scott, why don't you come down and let's talk about leaves? Yeah, I want to hear that back because, Holman, you and I have had that uh, discussion on several previous episodes yeah. about that. Because I'm one of those laypersons that just, like, assumes coil springs are better. Now, I will say that I'm friends with some of your – I haven't run Deavers. I've run – you know Fernando over at Atlas. Absolutely. And he's a super good guy. Wonderful but, guy. And, and Holman we has been talking – a great relationship with, with Fernando. It's, it's so interesting. Like, all my friends have run Deaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, I haven't run yours. But I know I've, I've – since the, the first truck I ever got, everyone's like, you got to do Deavers. Yeah. And so what is it about that makes it – you're talking about – hundred years later, the leaf spring is still the best for so many applications. It's still a functionally relevant use of suspension, both for 
hot rod truck trailer RV. It's it's functionally there's no reason to redevelop something that works so well when you have so many different forms of it that function. There's parabolic springs. There's progressive springs. There's two stage suspensions. There's so many forms of leaf springs that functionally fit each application of design that that there's really no reason then, to, okay, to defer from then, it. Then, Scott, you need to break it down for me. What you just said, I don't understand. Meaning those types of, of leaf springs. I didn't know that there was multiple styles well, of leaf springs. Well, first of all, before we delve too far into that, packaging is number one. Because on a leaf spring, unlike a coil spring, a leaf spring not only is the spring, not only holds the weight of the vehicle, but it also locates the, the axle. I and know so that, in, yes. In a coil suspension, you have to figure out links and geometry and all that stuff. So as simple as a leaf spring is, plus you don't need a sway bar in a lot of applications because the width of the leaf spring gives you more stability than a coil does. So in those high load applications and high center of gravity, there's a lot of places a leaf spring uh, is a superior choice. And by no means did we develop the leaf spring by any means. We, we were an OEM supplier and uh, modification of OEM, uh, OEM manufactured designs for many years. And out of the barn. Out of the barn. And it was, <laughs> it, and, it, and it was in, in, in the mid-90s, and Jeff and I were working for his father and said, you know, um, how can we make more money? He said, well, you need to make me more money. And at the time, we were young. We didn't have families yet. We were into desert racing. All of a sudden, the internet boomed. The world became a much smaller place. And in the forums... And in the forums oh, or so magazines, were, this so is when the magazines. I see. Yep. I, I I used to receive phone calls in probably 2002, 2003, yep. from people in Venezuela, Chile, really, Europe, and at the end of our conversations, I would have to say, if you don't mind me asking, how did you find out about this little barn in Santa Ana? And they would say, well, we have horrible roads here, and they destroy OEM suspensions, and we read American off-road racing magazines. Ah, and yeah. we see the technology that you guys have developed in off-road racing and think, well, if we're going to replace something, let's replace it with something of quality that can withstand the rigors because their roads are so horrible there. When we went after the aftermarket industry to manufacture and make our product more well-known, we'd already substantiated ourselves as quality because of the off-road racing industry, the rigors of abuse that the quality of the, pro the product can, can withstand. All of our steel is American-made. Everything is American-made. The temper process of our steel, the high quality of the carbon rate in our material, the ISO standards that, ma that manufacturing uh, upholds, translated to quality. And some people use it as a uh, marketing tool with their own, or we do a ton of private label manufacturing uh, for companies okay. Yeah, okay. that just want something manufactured for their private kits and whatnot. Well, and I remember, you know, so I've had Devers on everything that I've owned with Leaf Springs. So when I first met these guys, we did a, a story, I think I called it Leaf Springs Need Love Too. And that was probably back in like 03, 04, 05, somewhere in there. Because at the time that was when coilovers were starting to make some serious strides. And people had kind of, you know, Leaf Springs weren't the shiny thing. And we wanted to talk about like, 
you know, rebuilding a leaf pack and what goes into it and what are the things that you want to look for and, and all that. And I still think to that day that articles on the wall. It's in the in bathroom. The, yeah, well, that's a good place for it. <laughs> you can well, relegate it to the bathroom. We, we, we have, I like reading. We, we, have, we have the company that does the matted finishes yep. of, of, the, of the articles. Right. That, the, and, and that particular one is above the toilet. <laughs> Coleman. I love it. And it's, it's great. And it's leaf spring needs love, too. Yeah. It, it was I a wonderful. I want to go and take a leak at Deaver. And, and just, try to aim high? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, can I, can I uh, borrow a stool? Exactly. <laughs> well, so I had a, uh, I had a, you know, my Project Range Runner, people might remember that. It was a 2002 Ranger FX4 with um, Deaver's on it, Bill Stein, 80, uh, no, 9100s, and uh, it had the uh, Dixon Brothers long travel kit, four-wheel drive. It had an Explorer Express blower, five-speed. It was a four liter. Are you just showing and, off? Yes. And that okay. thing was, that was a badass absolutely truck. awesome. And these guys dialed in my suspension for me. And I remember, you know, Jeff and Scott are like, hey, if you need any adjustments, bring it back. One of the very first trips was to go chase the Baja 1000. And it was so good. I think Shane Cassad from Bilstein, we may have talked about this on, on a previous episode. We were on our way to San Felipe and there are whoops on the side of the two lane highway. And we had a cooler and stupid us didn't have cans of beer. We had bottles of beer in the cooler. And the cooler, Dumbass. The cooler was right over the rear axle in the bed cage. And Shane was driving down the highway, and I get on the CB radio, and I'm like, hey, dude, look at us. And he's like, where are you? I'm like, passing you. He looks off to his right. We're going like 70 over the whoops along the road, totally forgetting we had beer bottles back there, right? <laughs> and it was awesome. You, you didn't hear the clanking or anything? We got to our campsite at uh, Puerto Cito, and they're all cracked and broken. None of them were broken. No way. None of them. No way. And I just couldn't believe like how smooth that truck was over that kind of terrain that we didn't crack one Corona bottle in that in that cooler. And I had gotten rid of the uh, the the Ranger at one point. I'd gotten a '51 Willys CJ3A flat fender, and I went to Scott and I said, "Hey, I want to do a mild lift. I don't want it to be crazy because it was cherry. It was very stock." I said, "I just want to fit a 31 on it." And um, I figured out that four rear CJ5 Bilsteins will fit for a two and a half inch lift on my flat fender. So Jeff Crosby, who owns, uh, who owns Deaver, lo- looks through his stuff. He's like a mad scientist. He goes, yeah, I can do those. Drops Does he wear a lab coat, a white lab coat? No, but it's funny to watch him. He wears Vans, okay. skate shoes and uh, jeans and T-shirt. <laughs> but it was funny to watch him write down these specs. He goes, yeah, come back in like three weeks or whatever. We'll have them ready for you. I brought my willies there, and there was not a quarter inch of lean from side to side. It was perfectly level, front to back, side to side. And we went down to Ocotillo Wells, which for those of you familiar with Ocotillo down in SoCal, it's in uh, San Diego County. And it is this awesome like desert playground full of whoops and stuff. And the flat fender had such a short wheelbase that I'm hauling ass over the whoops. And at the time, it was, uh, it was TJ's, and I think the JK had just come out. And guys are going over the whoops, and they're like, Bottoming out, bottoming out, bottoming ouch, out. Ouch, And ouch. I'm in a 60-horsepower, flathead-powered flat fender, passing them, wide open throttle, about 55 miles an hour, and because we had arched the springs with those shocks, it never hit the jounces, and the wheelbase was so short, it was like a little roller coaster. went over everything. And it was stupid fun, because I'm just out there, 60-horsepower, passing everybody. And then the, the F100 I have now, uh, Project Speed Bump, uh, I've got a set of Devers on that, and you know we're putting 500 horsepower through it. And so Scott came up with a design that has a anti wrap and to keep the hop down and all that. And so that's what's going on that. So I I, I trust these guys explicitly with all of my vehicles that have leaf spring needs. They're just so awesome. all right. So Scott, take me through the different styles of leaf springs and how they differ. And how do you get anti wrap? Because I think you need just ladder bars. It's the only way to stop that, right? Well, you know, it just depends. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of different designs, um, and a lot of them just have to do with engineers that deal with OEM 
type of products. And your starting point could be a parabolic spring, which is a two-leaf tapered, kind of like you see from the 99 to 04 Super Duty, or even from 80 to 97 Super Duty. It was a parabolic, it was a two-leaf spring that sits relatively flat or negative. A lot of the GMs do that with their commercial trucks. Yeah, and okay. Stuff like the that. medium okay. duties, you'll see that. That's it. You see a and, parabolic and, spring. But and why? You know what? <laughs> I'm cost? not a big fan of it. Cost? You know what? I don't. I don't know that it's cost at all. Maybe I, just ride high and packaging. Re- right? I really don't understand it because, from an engineering standpoint, they break a lot. They you should ride see like Scott, they, and they, see Scott's face yeah, right now. He's they, making they a ride weird, horrible. They're negatively just, arched already. Yeah, they ride horribly. You're consistently on the on on the on the bump stop. I we we offer a rear or a front spring for the Kodiak or the C45, 55, 65, 75, 8500 Chevys that a lot of these people buy for the novelty of yeah. having a commercial vehicle By to the tow way, their boat. that'd be lightning because he would buy that in a right. second for the novelty. So they're, they're not uh, using it. How dare you? They're not utilizing it <laughs> for true. a work environment. <laughs> it's absolutely true. But yep. they just want to tow their fifth wheel or their boat with it. Yep. And they go buy it and they drive it home and they and they immediately regret this decision. <laughs> yeah. Then they get on the forums and they read that we've actually, we've got a progressive design spring that the minimum lift height does have to bring you up about an inch and a half because our starting point is relatively flat. And between stack thickness and the need for some positive arch for compression travel to get you off that bump stop, we do about an inch and a half. Dramatically improves the ride quality. I've had people take off $7,000 Kelderman air ride systems and say, this is what I was looking for the whole time. Really? And what we are really truly known for above and beyond our quality is our design philosophy. And that's high leaf counts of thin material that we are able to utilize because of the quality of the steel american made like i said before we prevent sag and fatigue from utilizing that thin material the best analogy i get people to understand it with is take 10 pieces of notebook paper and see the softness of fluidity of its ability to flex and move and then take the back of the tablet and use four or five pieces of that cardboard and see the rigidity of it you see a lot of manufacturing design suspensions out there we always say there's a lift kit and there's a suspension system Lots of lift kits out there. Right. Uh, I'm not going right, to name yes. names. I don't want to. We've, we've always said. Well, a lot of guys can no, weld tubular the, well, there's steel. There's no That's reason all to badmouth right? another company to make yours look better. Everyone's out there. Sure there it's, is. It's a business. Sure there is. <laughs> a lot of places that will outsource manufacturing or use inferior material will go higher in load or rate to compensate for sag and fatigue, which equates to poor ride quality or yep. performance. We've never been that. We've always, we've always pertained and been categorizing ourselves to that 20 percentile market now it's been frustrating at times because that 80 percent market is very successful and makes a lot of money (laughs) and that's where you're wrong about not calling attention to those guys well so i work for a guy named gail banks right and he is infamous for Mm -hmm. calling out the competitors that are that are releasing and selling inferior products and making mucho dollars doing it right and he's got no qualms about it he's like look i'm gonna test your stuff and i'm gonna lay it all out and then he says and when he tests the stuff if he can't beat it when he goes back to the drawing board and he doesn't put his name on it until he does beat it but he makes it public and he does a video about it and the whole thing you might want to try that. Well, it's, I know it's not your style, no, but like if you're. But if let's you're, just say this: if you're, we if have a lot loans. of those inferior product companies come to us for development. Well, then you can't and, do and, that. And, 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 I've, and I've always said to them, then you can't do I, that. I, I've I've always thought, well, why don't take the approach? Why don't you offer a premium product with your mediocre product line? 
You know, why don't you offer your customer yeah, upsell, base better a, a, margins. a premium? Yeah, you can still offer your 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 middle of the Entry road level stuff. Yeah, but why don't you do that? And we've had a lot of people take advantage of us and take the design and run off and manufacture somewhere else, and, it, and it's bit them in the ass because the, it's a combination of design and material that 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 makes this product so special. It's not one or the other. It's both together. Both, right? What you said reminded me of a, of a story about, uh, we talked about Rod Hall earlier with the H1s, mm-hmm. and Rod Hall was the only guy to be in every one, racing in every one of the first 50 Baja 1000s, and never missed one. And so he was telling me a story back in the day when he was racing a CJ5, I think it was in the late 60s, early 70s, and he goes, yeah, back then, we all thought the more leaf springs, the better. You know, <laughs> the thicker, the better. And he says, I didn't even get outside of Ensenada before that seatbelt about cut me in half, and I raced the rest of the race with no seatbelt. And so Scott's talking about the, the thin, pliable leaves that give you that articulation, that give you that travel, that give you that supp- suppleness without losing the ride height. Well, back then, they just threw a bunch of leaf springs together and went, well, it's higher, so it's got to be better. And I'll never forget Rod saying, yeah, I took my seatbelt off before I even left Ensenada because I thought I was going to get cut in half by how bad that thing rode. Well, yeah, and, and look back. at I mean, it's the same with shock technology. Yeah. You don't need four shocks on every corner anymore. You've got yeah. valving specs. Uh, leaf spring development has done the same thing. And we actually were a big part of the hall racing yep. system with the G improving grounds yep. and, and the, the H2. And then back then, uh, Rod was racing the H3, right. and it was breaking leaf springs all the time. And so they had uh, sourced out a number of different companies and ended up finally, in the last few years of campaigning that truck, they went to Deaver. And I remember being in the, the Thousand, waiting for my ride in Josh's truck, and Rod's coming through the pits and well, broken leaf spring, and we're out there. There's 10 of us out there basically swapping a leaf spring in the middle of the Mexican desert because of uh, inferior product. They spent a ton of money on development at the GM Proving Grounds. We would get reports back from our product showing the leaf spring suspension system and watching it through its cycle of suspension and through deflection and it was com- it was a com- there was a complete heat signature wow. through the whole leaf spring at where it was at through full bump to flat wow. to, to droop and where it was stressing the most and whatnot and we've always told people leaf springs don't like to go negative yeah you need to set your bump stops up no more than one inch flat you know flat to no more one inch negative everyone these guys that are stretching their travel numbers are putting their suspensions at yeah. risk and they're always everyone wants to fluff and say I've got four more inches of travel than the other but guy but how much of it is usable absolutely and there's a lot of money spent in metallurgy and whatnot that these guys spent w- looking at their suspension systems and the rigors that it's put through during those extreme environments and wondering why are they breaking why are they not yeah. you know what I mean and, and you take something that is less than stellar as far as its quality and material and development and put it to that high stress level, oh, it's going to break long before that. Yeah, all right, Scott. So it sounds like Deaver, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like Deaver is a company that evolved over time and developed its springs for all the applications kind of by trial and error. It doesn't sound like it was the, like you've got the modern companies no. that just sit down in front of the computer, develop in CAD, and then they go and they, and they test it all, and then they build a few, and then they race it, and then they release it. Yours has been tr- tested and tested and tested. And you're like, guys, we made this. It didn't work. And you keep refining and refining for over 20 years, maybe in some designs, right? Absolutely. Um, you know what? Start, Jeff, who is the current owner now, who took it over from his father, who came back from Vietnam in 1969 and didn't know what he wanted to do. And his father-in-law said, well, get your ass down to the shop and <laughs> figure it out. And he fell in love with, with the uh, trade 
and took it from there and bought it from his father-in-law. And this is the first time it actually has gone father to son because the previous fathers all had daughters. Ah, and step up, and, ladies! Come on now. <laughs> and Jeff, just from laying underneath trucks and removing leaf springs and putting them back on and rebuilding Mustangs, Camaros, Novas, or building up work vehicles, just developed an understanding. He's a freaking mad scientist. It, he just developed. It, it, the funniest quote we always laugh at, Bruce Landfield, yeah. the son of his, his, his father, was Roll Along, okay? The Ford yeah, developer. Yeah, D- Dick Landfield. Exactly. And we actually had Dick Landfield on our podcast okay. uh, probably, I don't know, seven or eight episodes ago. The guy ago. who thought we weren't funny. Yeah. Badass grandpa could, goes crazy. could not get off the phone yeah. with us fast enough. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually making it out worse. Than, no, no, it's what? a good interview. If you haven't heard it, go to Badass Grandpa Goes Racing, and that's actually... Dick, the father of who Scott's talking about now. So we've actually had him on the show. So yeah. Bruce was having trouble with his truck, his race truck. And this is sometime probably in the late 90s, early 2000s. Ford Rough Riders, right? Yes. And Jeff said, okay, you know, after work, I'll come by your shop and I'll come take a peek and we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll make some improvements. So he goes over there, lays underneath the truck, looks at the suspension, looks at the shackle position, figures everything out, comes back, redevelops the spring, puts it on there, and they're just... Ecstatic, and they're looking at him like, "Oh my God! Why, you know, how did how did you perform such magic?" He says, "I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I just know what a leaf spring likes." <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, Bruce still laughs to this day. And, and I'm not an engineer. I just know what. And we do not. We, Jeff we, is. we do not have a CAD program in the shop. No. Jeff draws it on hand. He's got a tape measure on his desk. Everything's done with and file cabinets and filing and cabinets. And he'll go, "Oh, you want that? Hold on. I remember. Oh." I did one like that. That might be a good bait. Hold on a second. He'll dig through the file cabinet. He'll find an old spec. He'll go out with his tape measure, measure your stuff. Then he's got a pad of paper, and he'll start jotting down some things, and he'll look at you and go, yeah, we can do that. That's awesome. I, I have since brought us up to date with some Google Docs. So we, so we, have, we, we do have things scanned in, and we have Google Docs Okay, now. so Scott, tell yeah. me about – I think we made it through a couple. You, you, you talked – Bring me through the, the other styles of, of leaf springs that we okay. would be familiar with. So you have a typical two-stage suspension, which is on the back of most trucks. Yep. Chevy, Ford, Dodge, where you have a set of primary leafs over a thick bottom overload, which are wonderful for the utilization of work, construction. They have normal range of mobility. They can carry weight. That's a two-stage suspension. Okay. No problem. Then you have a progressive design that has... Uh, a multi-leaf, and it could be anywhere from four to eight to nine, that all just step down in progression with size and lengths, and there is no second stage. Mustangs, Camaros, Novas, modern-day vehicles, they all utilize this old design. And they're all modifiable with load. You can lower, you can change the arch. There is mono-leafs that were out there that are a parabolic single mono-leaf not a big fan of those because there's not much manipulation. Uh, Aerostar van, anybody? Yes. <laughs> Call me with stuff like that. Older Novas, Camaros all had a single mono leaf design. Most of the multi leafs replaced them. Um, you put a little bit of horsepower to a mono leaf, and it's going to sit there, and you're going to wheel hop yourself to death. You know what I mean? So, Caltrax, the traction bar company, yep. made a very good living out of yes. developing products for for such vehicles and then you have heavy duty vehicles and stuff like that everything they're all still manufacturing with the leaf spring suspensions all of the engineers have their own little ideas and designs that we have to work with well the the gm uh, t1 trucks the new 1500s have a composite leaf spring in the back 
on some of their models. And so now they, going we, to Do those, we know what it's made out of? It's fiberglass. 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 Oh, They've been doing that for quite a while. The Astro vans had a fiberglass composite leaf spring yep. for quite a while. Corvettes did Corvettes, it. Corvettes, yeah. Um, the Sprinter vans that you see out there now, their front leaf spring suspension is a composite fiberglass Do you see a difference do. in, in durability between the composite and the steel springs? You know what? I've never been able to deal with or, or work with a composite or fiberglass spring, so I've never seen them break. Yeah. Um, the bummer is with the Astrovan community, the people that wanted to utilize those vehicles as mobile detailers or, 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 yeah, or a lot of weight work, in the back. Uh, I can't modify them, but they've always offered a leaf spring modification replacement kit out there for them that they have to purchase, and then I can build up from there. Oh, got it. So we've always laughed that it would be wonderful if you could make a composite leaf spring that could withstand the rigors that the steel ones do and still have the weight yeah. of the fiberglass yeah, because right. carrying these things are So are, I have a question. Bare. I don't know. How, how common is, it, is my, my issue? Where So I've got a, a lifted dually. Um, Already it's, uncommon. It, it's seesaws. Well, okay. So <laughs> you have a lifted truck. There you Forget go. the dually part. Well, you got, you got a dually lifted makes F- a difference. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that why after you see Okay, I'm interested. So I've got a lifted F-250, 350, whatever I got. Yeah. And it, it seesaws as I go over the freeway because on a cement freeway, typically not asphalt, but a cement in big metropolitan areas. they Expansion port, joints. Expansion joints, whatever, 12 feet or something like that, mm-hmm. whatever they do. And so you're, you're rocking and your wife is holding onto her breasts, you know, like she needs a sports bra, that type <laughs> of thing. We got rid of my 3500, my, my spring pack. Is that the right term? Sure. No. Yeah. Got rid of the spring pack and went down to a 2,500 uh, spring pack. So it was a little softer. Got rid of the overload. It helped quite a bit. I also added Solastic um, shackles, which I'd like you to get your opinion on as well, because I'm not really sold I on them. I would like yours as well. They took out of some of the sharpness, but they didn't do much. So let's go back to how many guys are coming to you saying they buy a big truck, but they want it to ride like a Cadillac. Lots of them. And it's, unless you throw tons of cinder blocks and let, you know, and a, and a boat anchor in the back, it's, it's just not going to, it's not going to have that ride. No. And let me say this. All trucks love rear weight. That's just something that they all require to have proper ride quality. They're, they're, you need ballast. You have a 4,200 pound front end and you have nothing in the back. You have a wheelbase that is the perfect storm, I like to say, with our expansion joints, and it lines up, and it's a rhythmic nightmare, okay? You combine that with E-rated tires that have very little flex, a Dana 80 with four wheels back there, and what, I've, what, I, what I wanted to get at with my, with, with because you said duly or non, it, is, it does make a difference because I have put different rear suspensions on single rear wheel vehicles versus dual rear wheel vehicles and there is a much greater reaction in a positive frame with the single rear wheels where the duals just don't have as much of a much of an improvement and it, it has something to do with the, the ply of the tire the footprint of these massive four wheels back yeah. there and the axle right it's it, 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 there. There's improvement. It's just not as great as the single rear wheels. Got it. And my question was, well, I did see an improvement. Right. But did I, they replace it all together, or they just remove some leaves? Or no, no, no. Creation? All all new. All they new. just took a took a three quarter ton spring and threw it in there without the upper overload. Because correct. I'll be honest with you. Most springs between the two fifty and the three fifty without the upper overload are pretty much identical. Okay. Material grading thickness may differ. Ford is notorious to have four or five different 
load rating gains through one production year, and that's why oh, yeah. with somebody calls you and says, I've got a 96 E150 and I need one side, I have to get an OEM number because they've got five different styles. And to sell you one would be a disservice because you're not going to be happy. It's going to throw a lean or it's not going to match the other so side. So what, what do you recommend in, in a guy who's got a lifted truck and he's like, okay, just depends. I'm just not hauling My enough. first question is, do you need the payload cable? Because I have people call me with the 450s so here's and the 550s. So here's the thing is, no, I don't, except for when I do. So I, I so what I did is I changed the leaf pack mm-hmm. and um, I went way down and it started, it rode much better, but then I pull a, a travel trailer and the thing sags. So I immediately went and got some Firestone, okay. some Ride Right uh, airbags. airbags, solved the problem. Perfect. And so I, I think I have about the best solution you can have. Uh, and, and airbags are, are 100% sufficient for your specific situation where on occasion I need them. What I don't like people to utilize airbags for is... Um, day in and day out use where they where they think uh, if you're too reliant and you got to run around on 90 pounds of air in the bag that has so many variables for failure like leaky lines bad fittings it 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 places all of the weight and focuses it on the bracketry that's mounted to the we're frame. gonna have a uh, cage match with you and jeff kelderman in the room pretty much well i sell <laughs> I, well i have a good relationship with kelderman we sell yeah. we sell replacement stuff to kelderman um air ride versus airbag is a little different Okay. An airbag that, okay, let's just say like you, you, you put a soft spring on the back and then you throw a fifth wheel with a pin weight of 1,700 pounds on the back of your truck. Now you've got an airbag bracket, okay? And it's as strong as its weakest link, which is the thin metal bracketry. Right. Now you've completely reduced the suspension's natural ability to cycle and move. Of course. Now there are companies out there like Daystar that have created cradles that allow the suspension to droop out. Carly suspension has a cone bag suspension that allows 10 inches of wheel travel. But for the most part, most of the bag systems out there are pretty restrictive. Mine is. Mine is. And they limit. But they are nice for the people that want to improve the ride quality of their heavy-duty trucks and still have the ability to load up five, six, seven times a year and be able to haul without falling on their face. And I tell those people, that's that's what you need it for. But the day-in and day-out people that need 90 pounds of air to, to run around in... When it fails, you're going to be limping back. A leaf spring carries the weight over a greater area. I can build up a leaf spring to supplement an airbag system for somebody that thinks an airbag system is a better source of carrying weight than an upgraded leaf spring suspension because I'm still utilizing the full range of mobility of the spring's natural ability and less likelihood of failure because of variables with, like I said, the lines, the pinched bags, the fittings, the installation error. Right. Okay. Did we answer the question? So if you've got a, if we've got a guy with a heavy duty, an F three fifty, and he's like, I, I'm either going to have to sell the truck or I have to. Well, I tell him, I said you're going to lean one way or another, and I one one thing we always enforce at Deaver is we're not going to compromise safety. You have your family in your vehicle. Let's the first focus point is traveling safely. So let's make sure that if you're utilizing this vehicle to haul something 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. For several hundred miles, let's make sure the stability of it is safe. I realize that 85% of the time, these vehicles are not utilized for that, and we're trying to accommodate that. We do have women who do not are not happy with the ride quality, whether their breasts are bouncing or the kids <laughs> bobbleheading in the back seat and the yeah. front seat and stuff yeah. like that. I deal with that constantly. We dealt with that, the Chevy Duramax when the diesel motor first came out, 
was notorious to have a horrendous ride quality on expansion joint freeways. Yeah. And that's because I've owned pri- several and I, yeah. you know, you and just know it. it when you buy that truck, you just got to deal with it. The primary leaves were consistently at, at ride height engaged in the second stage overload. So there was no movement. And I would have people call me and say, look, I love, I love the diesel. I love the Duramax. I don't haul any weight. I bought it for this. It was, it was Status. a very exciting thing. Right. So what we were doing is we were manipulating the suspension, so we would look at it. And Those were the, uh, by the way, in. the uh, GMT 800 trucks were notorious for that. And I think I remember writing a review story where I said- On it, my truck? Basically. On you're, my 03? You're, you're, yeah. And basically, I believe my review was it has um, all of the drawbacks of IFS and none of the ride comfort or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> because- it, Dude, those my, trucks rode my, so bad. My 03 was awesome, and I sold it because I could. Well, that's what, it rode fine for a while, and then I kept monkeying with it, and I made it. And then I, it got to a point where it was, it was great, and then I changed more stuff, and then it went downhill, and then I just said, enough's enough, and yeah. I needed something new. We figured out, I mean, our options when people would come to this were this. You can spend X amount of dollars and we can replace the spring altogether with a high leaf count progressive design. Or for a fraction of that cost, um, we can omit the number three leaf counting from the top leaf down, which the number one would be the main leaf. We would omit that leaf and then we would take the bottom overload, which actually uh, had slightly bit of positive arch to it and we would invert it. Okay. And we would avert it. And then we would put a one-inch block if you wanted to maintain the same height or if you're okay with losing a little bit of height out of the back. And some of those trucks it's had a rake set, back then. Level, yeah. Some of those trucks had a rake back then. And what it would do is now you would get a finger or two's gapping between the second stage bottom thick overload between the primary pack. And what that did is that allowed the primary pack some movement. And it took the bite out of the back of that truck on our expansion joints and our freeways. Interesting. And it do made, you hear that? And it made this truck tolerable to these people and that spent a can, lot of money and the tundra, the tundra the same way can you hear that that's the collective sigh of everybody who's listening to the show who owned that truck going damn it if i only would have known that back then i wouldn't <laughs> I have sold that truck you know what here's the thing in all honesty there aren't that many scotts and jeffs around in the country no, no there isn't not. there isn't. just it, isn't and, and honestly if, if, if in, in many markets you're like you literally don't. You've got a performance shop. He doesn't know jack squat about suspension. Yeah. You know what I mean. He's getting the part number and he's installing it. And there's he's, tons of there's tons of spring shops that actually can sell a spring. Yeah. But they don't really understand a leaf spring, and they don't have the ability. And most people don't have the luxury of a, of a Deaver local yeah. to them. And and I can't tell you how many times on the phone I've talked to somebody that's experiencing this that is nowhere near me. They might be in Montana, Vermont, and I will explain to them the service that I would provide, and if they found somebody local to them that was willing to provide it and they had questions, they can call me. I will explain what I would do. I can supply them with center pins, U-bolts, or something like that because I'm just they're, – they're, 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 they're looking for an answer. Here's you know the I mean? problem as I see it, Holman, is that the leaf spring at, at, your, at the first glance, right? You it's get so down, simple. You get down on your knees, stand next, you, 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 you squat down next to it, and you look at it and you go – it's so simple. Yeah. How can this be riding poorly? Or if you, you or how can there be science behind it? It's just a bunch of pieces of all metal right. Stack. I like I like that better. Right. Well, not just science, but they're like, how would I change this? I'd yeah. remove something. Yeah. I do this, but they don't really understand. There's a nuance to it. The nuance, yeah. exactly, and that is what Scott and, and Jeff so you know, are good at, at 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 manipulating. Let's talk about a couple of probably your most popular packs. It would be what the 54 inch to, uh, Toyota rear leaf. 
of late, if we were to speak yeah. of the last, let's just hypothetically Raptor, say maybe? 10 years, the Raptors far exceeded in just okay. about anything else short okay. of maybe the Tacoma now, wait a so, minute. So, is so neck and neck. Well, so what's that? Can I pause him? Why, why oh. is it the Raptor? Well, because the Raptor seems to me that it would be a tough truck to top. Not at all. Because I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little short story on the history. Um, in 2009, when they were developing the F-150 Raptor, Ford was going to campaign it to race the Baja 1000. And their whole goal was to race this in a stock class and to finish the race. Well, they didn't do that in the factory Ford Raptor rear spring. We developed a rear spring with Greg Fouts, who yep. was in bed with Ford, yep. and we finished the race. There was talk at that time. This is this was the time when the economy was in the tank still, and they made 5,000 of these trucks without any idea that they'd even be able to move these trucks. And we talked about that previous episode. We've given that there's a episode that is the insider story to the Raptor. And, and you can hear more about the background of what Scott's talking about in that episode. And we basically were developing a spring, and there was talk that possibly we would be partnering with Ford as an option. If you were to order this truck, you may order it with a aftermarket spring or whatnot. Um, it never went very far. They had a very successful campaign at Baja with it, and that truck, in the middle of an economic sickness and downturn exploded and you couldn't find one on a lot yeah. and it has been a phenomenon and i've had a hard time keeping product in stock for it at many cases over the last so many years it appeals to a demographic that buys a truck for 60 70 thousand dollars and is going to rip off all the suspension and spend $25,000 more putting on yeah. different Fox shocks, yeah. new stuff. Now, and granted, keep in mind. Jerry Camber came on and I, we talked I, about that. I get the fact that they developed the shock technology around the stock suspension, but you built a truck that is primarily off-road minded. And you put the same stock two-stage, two-leaf over, a thick overload suspension that you got on every other F-150 out there. Are you kidding me? So what, Which was fine. So what makes the D-verse break? So if I'm, I've got a Raptor, right. and I want to improve my rear ride quality and, and travel, and I come and see you, what can I expect? So what we did is we took and took the same thing. We went with an 11 or 12 leaf thin material, progressive design spring, got rid of the two inch block so we don't have any of these wheel hop chatter. We have no bed bounce. Because when Ford went, in, and they did this in, in 2004 to 2006 series, they lessened their leaf count and went to two leaves of thicker material. And a lot of these companies have done this, and it's, it probably saves money, and it's more popular for the mills to run and whatnot. But it, has, it doesn't have the ability to flex and move as well as three leaves of a little bit thinner material. It's, it's amazing that one different one leaf can make such a big difference. And you'll notice that with what Ford did in their second-gen Raptor yeah. and the complaint of how yeah. soft, soft it is, it is yeah. versus the first-gen. But we we took this, and everybody – I mean, all these people are, are educating themselves on this truck. And it's like, well, of course. Well, they're buying this truck, most of them in mind that they want to do some off-roading. Now, there was a huge – group of guys that came to me that were older gentlemen that go fly fishing and they're not really yeah. beating their trucks up. Like, but, but they've read and they know that 
okay, this is our good. These are good upgrades. Yeah. And it was a blessing in disguise that we didn't get in with Ford because we all know to get in bed with a massive company Your like that when you're small, nothing. our margins are nothing. They're going to dictate the terms. They're going to hold us yeah. liable for tons of stuff. And it, and now you ended up outfitting those probably, trucks anyway. Wait, they're going to bury us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're going to tell me the terms. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. No, I need 30 day terms. No, you're going to do 90 or 120. Right. Oh no. And we got all the business anyway. Yeah. And it's been phenomenal. And there's a huge presence of all. Of, I mean, I've got 95 or more distributors out there, a major portion of which are Raptor driven. So it's just I don't have an e-commerce site, but they're selling stuff yeah. all the time. And it's it's just been it's been amazing how successful that truck has been. And along with the Toyotas and yeah. the Expeditions and the Overlands so, and stuff so like the, that. So the Toyotas, that's a, the next thing I want to talk about is, is the Overlanding. So mm-hmm. the Toyota scene is sort of twofold, right? It's yeah. go fast pre-runner or it's, it's throw a ton of weight on a truck designed for def- 900 it's pounds It's changed over the last five or six yeah. years dramatically. So how do you create a spring that's compliant that can you know I, I, work I, for those guys? We have, what's the payload on the truck? 900 pounds? No, I had a guy. I had a gentleman today who's got a got a camper on there with a bunch of stuff. He's an older man, and I think he he did some research and said it was about eleven hundred. Okay, but, yeah, that's, but that's granted, right. that's before the beds even yeah. on the truck and stuff so like that. You take that. the driver, so, a two hundred pound driver. Take, now you're nine hundred and the pounds. bed. Yeah, you've already reduced right. your payload to, to something right, yeah. right on there. We have had to go from developing pre-runner style springs that yep. were the most popular that most people don't put a lot of weight in the back. And then we would get a big rap, a bad rap from a lot of people saying, oh, these don't handle any weight. And they're, you know, they fall in the face. It's like, well, wait a minute. A lot of that had to do with the salespeople and diagnosing the customer base with what is going to be best suited for you. What do you use the truck for? Well, don't give me. Toyota deals us a platform that has a flat spring from stock. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And primarily from 1995 and a half, they had a, a, a second stage overload that was so negative in arch that the spring would go negative regardless of loading the truck or abuse and was notorious to break their intermediate springs. Yep. Really? A, a week wouldn't go by that I wouldn't fix four or they, five. They, there's never been a Tacoma that's had enough rebound control in right. the rear shocks for me. Right. It just it just pogos and that rear axle, I don't care if you're in a pro or not, right. the, that, the way the rear suspension is designed, there's not a lot of up travel None. and you are into the jounces so fast on Why that would they just not fix it? It's Toyota. It's it, You know what? That's been uh, mind-boggling to me because it started in 1995 and a half, and it's been that way ever since, and it wasn't until the last five years that they announced a recall and actually did a TSB where they actually went out there and said, we are taking and bringing everyone back in, and unfortunately... You have a truck that I don't know how many hundreds of thousands they produced a year. There's no way for them to be able to handle yeah. the recall. That's why it was a level. TSB and not a recall. Right. And so I would have people come to me. What's the difference uh, between a was bulletin? It, was a technical service bulletin. So that's not when the manufacturer admits any fault. But if, the, if it's a customer a who complains, uh, there's a solution for it. And they would come to me with a broken leaf and I would evaluate it and say, well, you have a broken leaf. So I have my, my answer is I either replace that broken leaf and you walk on, or I add an additional leaf or I modify the springs to where it can't go as negative, or I sell you a completely different replacement spring altogether. And as long as I would supply them with adequate information on my letterhead, they were able to get reimbursed from Toyota for the services through us on this. So what we have here is we have a truck that has 
little or no compression travel from factory, and the Tundra is the same way. Yeah. And then we we take and we put a progressive or a high leaf count design on there, so our stack thickness has grown. We're only lifting the truck an inch and a half, two inches on the, the Tundra. That's actual. So we're even getting closer to the bump stop, and we are loosening up the wheel travel. So yeah. we're so we're it's. So you have you need people to pair that, it with a quality shock, right? And so in the beginning, you know, guys that were utilizing our pre-runner spring on trucks that had some weight were were complaining and, and trying to point the finger at the spring. It's like, well, wait a minute, no, no, you got the wrong spring for the job. This spring is fine for what it was intended for originally, and we've since two hundred and fifty thousand miles of going down the highway, right? <laughs> we have since um, with the Overland and yeah. Expedition type of stuff, which. Started with Scott Brady a lot, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. In, in, yep. in, in the in the second gen of the ninety eight to he's been, on the, he's been on another show, Overland Journal, right? Overland. And that was when we would take our an existing eight leaf progressive yeah. design and add three leafs to it because he had eleven hundred pounds and he was going all the way down through yeah. Central America with. And we soon found that we were spending a lot of extra money throwing a band aid on a broken arm <laughs> type of thing instead yeah. of redeveloping something. Sure. And now we with with the third generation Tacoma, we have three different weight stages of design i have stage one which is a guy that has zero or no weight but can put up to 300 pounds in his bed and not consistently ride on the bump stop mm -hmm. i have stage two which is four to six hundred pound weight range it needs to be pretty much constant in that weight you know if they're going to take it off they're going to feel a little bit more For the of a guy sharper who has ride. Like a, a bed cage and spare Rooftop tire and or, a, and or a that stay with the vehicle all the time right Maybe a swing out tire carrier or sure. something like that, and then I have stage three, which is the thousand seven hundred to thousand pound, and I have an extra one that's above that for those guys yep. that are really loaded up with fuel, liquids, oh, yeah. and you know all the armor and stuff like that. So let's talk about uh, two other applications for lease rings: mm -hmm. towing mm -hmm. regularly. We got a lot of guys to tow, tons, and also older applications: your C10 stuff like that. Yeah, well, F100, like we said, uh, exactly. So. Let's talk about the classics real quick. Yeah. And then I'm curious, like, you work some magic on my pack because we know it's going to be a high horsepower application. And I know a lot of people have made fun of me because they're like, oh, why aren't you linking the back? Honestly, I like leaf springs. And from a packaging standpoint, on the back of those trucks- I asked you that. Well, yeah. So <laughs> you, you weren't the only one, but yeah, that's true. You did. And everybody's like, link it, do you know? But it's, I like a leaf spring. I like the way it rides on the truck. I like the way it feels. I like the stability. And I like the packaging. Whereas I have a Dana 60 and we have what, two, three inch exhaust tubes what on the back of the like, What do you mean by I like the packaging? Because there's no links. You don't have to find real estate. So in my truck, I have a drive shaft. Mm -hmm. I have two, three inch pipes because the exhaust is duals. I've got a muffler. I've got a bump stop. I've got shocks all in that area, and I've got a Dana 60, so I have a huge pumpkin back there to, to handle all the horsepower. So where the hell am I going to be able to link that thing? And the nice thing and is- why spend the money? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and a proper leaf spring has four mounting points, and you're done. Well, the axle and then you know front and rear. Right. So I, went to the, I, I took that to Scott, and I said, listen, I, I want you to, to develop a pack for this horsepower, this application. Here's what I want, and it needs to be a little bit lower for ride height. And they worked it up. So let's uh, let's talk to that kind of like stock or lower classic. Well, truck and guy. it was neat because all, all I needed to know from you is okay, what year make and model vehicle are we dealing with? What kind of height modifications are you doing? And then okay, so we're going to have a little bit of an excessive amount of horsepower put to this uh, to, to the rear wheels. Okay, well, I, so I basically took an OEM design. Bump down the ride height a little. You forgot about the part where you open the file cabinet and you look for something <laughs> yeah. similar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we do what we call a rebound leaf. A rebound leaf is something that um, is kind of like a traction bar, per se. But in the pack. But on the pack. 
And what it does is it starts from the center section of the leaf spring and it runs forward. And it can stop right before the front eye or it can actually snail over the front eye oh, if, I've seen if there's these. room in the hanger You've for You've seen them it. on my truck. I've said and what they do okay. is they control the torque put to the forward section of that spring without negatively affecting the overall spring rate of the spring itself. Oh. We do that with Camaros. Um, Drag cars for wheel hop. It's stuff like that. It's just and, and off-road vehicles a lot because it helps with the dirt, too. Because when yep. you have a lot of horsepower in the dirt, you get a lot of the wheel hop, too. So we do a lot of that stuff with the classics. We do tons of modifications of heights for people that are restoration vehicles that are changing the heights. And it doesn't matter if it's, we're talking about the 40s Merc or the 57 Chevy or the, or the muscle car era and whatnot. So the guy that's got the, uh, whether it's F100, C10, something like that. Yeah. And, does he call you over the phone yeah. and describe what he has? Oh, by the way, later C10. We're not talking 67 to 72. So if I own one of these trucks and I, I don't need to haul it to California, no. for you, you can diagnose it. How accurately can you get to... to well, I, I always tell people, don't expect miracles, and I'm not going to be held to half inches, but if you're realistic with what you're looking at from a factory stock point, because I have those specs... I know what that spring should sit at from factory. And if you're telling me you want a two-inch drop, I can hit the two-inch drop. Now, if you're talking about a car that's been molested over many a year, and now it's in your hands and it's your science project, <laughs> it might be a little different. I don't know what we're going to deal with. And, and we get a lot of Better that, to too. See it, we yeah. get a lot of that, too, because I get a lot of people, you know, there's, there's tons of guys that that, that love to take Rangers and put 63-inch Chevy springs on them. Yes. And, they're, and I'm like... What are you doing? You know, because they've got a stock Chevy spring on there that's and got the two leaks over a, over a, over an overload, and they're like, okay, well, I want to do this and that. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I don't can't guarantee you what's going to happen yeah. if I put something it's on. It's like this. their solid axle swap. That's the popular front right. leaf spring for those. And, and 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 if somebody does a solid axle swap on something um, later, and if I know that they're using the 73 to 91 mounting points of Chevy, no problem. That was a very easy thing to do yeah. because from 67 to 72, and then from 73 to 91. They used the same spring yeah. lengths up front. Very nice. Broncos were very favorable to two. For 11 years, from 66 to 77, they didn't change the lengths of the springs or the coils. 78, 79, they did. And then for 16 yeah. years, from 80 to 96, we get the same thing. The Chevy Half Ton did it for us, too. In 19, they shortened mm -hmm. the Chevy spring yeah. by a fraction of an inch on both ends. Oh. <laughs> Completely <laughs> screwing us out of... You know, we need to 19 call, uh, years of, of, yeah. of, of a. And, and we need to call us, Tim Herrick over at General means, Motors. Yeah, it just right? means we have to now uh, take yeah. on a new part number and yeah. put it in the system. Another and, skew. and we've got a, uh, a proto out there with Baja Kits yeah. and Brentville okay. Industries yeah. to, to, to see how it works out. So so let's go to towing really quick. Okay. And uh, so, you know, lots of people don't. We're actually working right now on a tow episode, and mm -hmm. uh, people have been asking for it, and I've got a few people lined up. Hopefully here in the next month or so where we're going to have some towing experts come in and talk about you're doing it wrong or towing mm -hmm. tips and things to look for. But from your standpoint- We're going to have a lot of you're doing it wrong. So. Yeah, <laughs> specifically to the leaf spring setup. What do you guys do to improve towing? What should people take? You know, uh, be looking at? I, you know, and it's towing or camper. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. A lot of these people, it's, it's, it's all, these camper and these, uh, these places will sell- Anything to people with an F-150 or a half-ton truck. It's amazing. I'm like, what are you doing to you guys? He's like, I'm, I'm like, you should never put this on there. He's like, well, it says that we can do this. I said, well, the drivetrain and, you know, but you can't put 3,000 pounds on an F-150 and yeah. expect it to yeah. be stable. To answer your question, in most cases, even if you have a three-quarter ton or a one-ton truck, Dooley is a little bit better with the campers. They have a wider uh, wheelbase. Yep. The stability of the body rolls a little track, bit better yep. and stuff like that. Um 
Typically, we do a lot of rebuilding and upgrading these suspensions. We typically incorporate two additional leaves to each side, which is approximately a 1,000 to a 1,200-pound increase in payload over what the factory suspension has. And it makes a, a substantial difference in how that truck handles the tongue, pin yep. weight, or whatnot, and it gives you a more steady, sturdy towing profile. Our, our goal is to make sure that your front end's not light, you're not fishy, stuff like that. Yeah, you don't want the trailer wagging the tow vehicle. Right. You have, I mean, obviously these um, weight distribution hitches have done wonders these days with the lighter vehicles and whatnot, and it's, 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 it's really great because it so allows So you do recommend guys, those. That's great. Okay. I do recommend those because they actually- So it's not just a Band-Aid. No, no. It's, it's, it actually gives the vehicle a much safer towing, I think. Uh, I think you, when you're behind and you're driving that truck, it's just all about setup. It's making sure that your truck is at a certain height when you hook that thing up and you're yeah. pulling. There's a, there's a lot of ways to screw that up, and there's a lot of pressure on those bars. But you can take a truck that isn't designed to handle that on a yeah. daily basis and go from point A to point B. I think it gives B, you so. a little bit more margin of error. Yeah, you know, like for it, sure. It, it, I, I never tow with them. But I also know trailer setup, and and I prefer not to have them. It's just it's simple. But for the person who doesn't know their trailer inside and out, or what weight is where, or where their center of gravity is, or any of that stuff, it definitely adds a little uh, margin of error. And I, I have a lot of people that, like I said, have that eighty five percent of the time where they're not t- towing with the vehicle that want to enjoy their truck, yeah. and they want to put an aftermarket spring like ours on there that is more compliant for their daily ride, and. The first thing is, do you tell, well, yeah, I have this. Okay, well, what's the tongue weight? Okay, well, but it has a weight distribution. So I said, okay, well, then you might be okay. You, What I always suggest to people, hook it up, drive it around town, get a feel for it. Are you comfortable with the way it feels? Are you going to go across the desert? If not, you might want to supplement with an airbag if that's the case. I've always, my big thing with the airbag thing, how come somebody has not come up with a quick disconnect airbag system? Quick coupler Something that has an onboard airboard compressor system that has a mounting system that you can take off or put on in 15 or 20 minutes that has quality fittings, like quick coupler yeah, air yeah. compressor, that you can, because I have a lot of people that want to tow with their Raptor, with their vehicle yeah, but out then there. go have fun. Okay. Someone's going to make a look. ton of money if they can figure out a way to make that yeah. effectively work successfully and, and not safely, fail yeah. safely and be able to put on and take off in a reasonable amount of time. We don't want hours. We want something that you're going to put back on at the Why desert at the end of your weekend. You're, you're a smart guy. Why don't you guys develop I'm, it? Because I'm a leaf spring guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, well wait I, I a minute. I mean, spring. diversification isn't always bad. Well, no, be, but I will sell more springs if somebody can come out with a quick disconnect. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> okay. I'm busy enough as it is. Yeah, okay. right? I don't, yeah. You don't need any new projects. It's hard for us to go out to lunch. There's always a line <laughs> at the door at the old, uh, the old red barn in Santa Ana. Dude, Wait. this is a lot more information than I expected to get out of a spring guy. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> You know what? And, and funny you say that because I, I stumbled upon the spring industry. I grew up with Jeff. We, we met in high school, so we've known each other over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And my I, I, he, came, he didn't know what he was going to do and came to work for his dad right out of high school in 1988. I did a multitude of other things, went back to college in my early 20s, studied physical anthropology was my major, bartended till how, 2001. How are, how are you going to apply that? Well, <laughs> that, that was the problem, there, was <laughs> I either needed to go back and either teach or further and get an MBA and, yeah. and either get into forensic work or something like that, but it was that was something that interested me and kept me in school because school was rough for me and I needed something that I was interested in regardless, and so that, that was something I loved... Uh, just evolution, 
uh, biology and stuff like that. So well, good so, because we're not that involved, right? <laughs> so, but then of course I did that. I got into bartending. I bartended for five or six years, and uh, at thirty years of age, at two, in two thousand two thousand one, I realized that the vampire lifestyle was needed to stop, and I needed to get out of you know that. You needed type of thing. to be an adult, and I and I came. I, I I was unemployed for about a week or two, and Jeff said, "Well, come down here." He goes, "Dude." My phones are ringing. Come down and answer the phones for a couple weeks until you just figure out what you want to do. I said, no problem. I'll sweep. I don't care. I just need a paycheck for it. And how many weeks. years later are you still there? And I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was at that point where we, we went after companies in the back of magazines. And yep. you remember, at that time, we had to Speaking advertise. Speaking of Celastic Sol- Sol- Springs, oh, right? The shackle. The shackle. The shackle thing. Okay. This is my this is my take on the shackle. In the back, they have okay. So he runs a tiny little ad in the back of every truck magazine, Mm -hmm. and he sold thousands of these damn things because everyone has the same problem that I did: Mm -hmm. is the damn uh, would you call it the joints in the freeway? The expansion joints, joints. expansion joints. Okay, and it just bing, 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 and and he, you think you look at his design, you think that could solve it, and you spend your three hundred (laughs) bucks. Yeah. And then it doesn't. <laughs> and people call me and I have people ask me all the time. And I, and I have to be honest with them. I say, you know what? I have no personal experience of actually taking a truck and driving it over a certain surface and then driving it with the slices shackles and I saying, have. I noticed the difference. I have. I have that. But, I have it on but the I have, 405 freeway through Seal Beach. Right. Through right? lots of places. But I have 18 years of customer experience and interaction that says for every person that says they work, the other one says they don't. Yeah, and that's not enough for me to say it's worth three or four hundred. So you bucks know what it is to replace? Because uh, do the guys who the guys say who it sell the guys it don't want to admit the that they're that, wrong? The guys that sell it, it's. I mean, they're selling what they have a price point on. You yeah. have guys that are offering this to you because that's all they know. This is what's on the market. You're telling me it complains. This is what they offer. The box says, in right. theory, it works. You put it on. It may be doing something, but it's such a small. It's a amount. small it's, contributor. It's a placebo for the right. most part. So there's guys who say it works. Um, I think it doesn't, but they want it to so bad that they've well, or they don't want to feel like they spent three hundred dollars on. You're not, oil. but that's the problem. You don't get three hundred dollars worth of value or improvement out of it. Yeah. But when you're dealing with a circumstance like that, there are five, four or five variables that are all contributing to it. One is your leaf leaf spring suspension. Two is your shock. Three is your side flex or your tire. And right. then you have the shackle in there that, that is only moving with the, with the leaf spring's help. You know, you add something like that, yeah, it's helping a little bit. But if you're fighting a E-ply tire and a stiff shock or a stock yeah. suspension. ADPSI. Right. And- so, I mean, it's, it, it's doing its best it can, but it's, you know, it's not a miracle right. worker by yeah. any means. Yeah, no, it's not a miracle worker. So, uh... Yeah, I got ripped off for three hundred bucks. <laughs> you know and I, I always tell people that, that, that because they're priced just enough yeah. to people are like, I don't know, make it two hundred, people are going to yeah, throw it at it, yeah. and you're okay. I got, hold on a second, but I looked at it and I analyzed it for actually a couple of weeks with your engineering before. degree. No, I don't have an engineering. I know you're being funny, but like, <laughs> but I looked at it and I thought this looks like from its design it could work. Well, it's men we logic. Right, it just. I, I had the same. I had logic. the same thing with my co-host. I looked at him and I thought, "This could this work. could work." <laughs> well, and, and get 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 this. There's a lot. There's a, there's a huge market for stuff like that out there, like the Super Spring, yep. the Sumo Spring, the Hellwave, the Revolver. The right now, but in all honesty, uh, I, I I can't really. I feel like they do. They did take out a little bit of the sharpness. But I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I, I don't them. think you really get a, a, an equal value for dollar spent at, in, as far as improvement in ride quality. Changing, that's, that's the problem. changing the spring pack was night and day for me. 
Yes. Yes, that, that, that will improve it, even though it fights against certain, like I said, the dual rear, rear wheel vehicle is less responsive than the single. Of course. But you do, you will get an improvement. And I'm sitting on 24 inch wheels. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when the rims got bigger and the sidewalls got smaller, there was definitely a big trade-off with ride quality there because you have less sidewall flex. Of course, of course. I hated the look of those things. Oh, I, so, love, I, I love it so much. Them. I'm going to get hate. I get hate well, a lot, but you know what I mean? Well, I, no, mostly it's all opinion. It's no big deal. It's just because you like. it's not like I'm right. I didn't like it, but I also were dealing with people that were telling me that I, I, I'm not happy with the ride. Well, I mean, like, well, look at what you're driving on. <laughs> no, I, I can't com- no, I can't complain. So I, I said, I love this look, and I knew that I was going to suffer with ride quality, but I said, I'm go- I'm willing to make that. Like, you know, right. with, with all my sports cars, right. they have exactly. always had, you know, 40 or well, lower profiles. I'm, I'm riding right on, now on with very little. and it, I'm riding on sucks. a 30 and a 25 series. Like, yeah. it's no, they're rubber bands. Yeah. And I'm like, it is what it is. I really like the look, and I like the responsiveness. Uh, it feels like a go-kart, but, man, when you hit a bump, it sucks ass. And I'll tell you a funny story. If you were to come to our shop, I have a an, an Audi A7 yep. that I'm driving yep. that Baller. does not have a, a leaf spring on it. <laughs> Jeff, has he's driving a 2006 Dodge with a stock rear suspension because we do often sometimes pull a fifth wheel, so there is no magic... Yeah. spring out there that gets the best yeah. of both worlds. The owner of a premier leaf spring manufacturing company runs an OEM spring because yeah. that is the best spring design for, for the job, job title. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I tell people is if you want the best of both worlds, buy two sets of springs and be willing to change them out <laughs> accordingly. That's a drag. <laughs> you know, That's a lot of work. If you, I see a lot of guys that got a lot of money to spend a couple hundred dollars once a year or twice a year when they're during towing season to throw that on. That's a small price to pay. Yeah. Because well, the there, problem there are a is a lot of whining on the well. Phone. The problem is on the West Coast. There's it's always towing season. You're either yeah, towing the boat yeah. or you're towing the travel trail no, in the that's winter. Very true. So you can't you can't no, that's do very that. True. Yeah, that's very true. It's weird to talk to you guys back east. Like when we had Greg A. Yep. on last episode, he was like, "Well, you know, I put the way put away the trucks in the winter time, and then I'm, I'm like, like, what? You do, you do what? <laughs> like we're taking them to the desert in the winter time? <laughs> yeah, you know, like woo, and desert then, season. And in the summer, we're taking them out to wherever there's water. And these guys that 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 have these trucks that want to ride great all the time and then the winter comes and they want to put two snowmobiles on the back and I'm yeah. like eh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get you a spring that's going to handle yeah. two snowmobiles on the back that's a During lot of winter, weight it's a high center of gravity a lot of weight I'm like how the Fit. I'm myself, these things have a pretty wide base to them and stuff. Well, they have the huge bed things. These guys yeah. are making all kind of bed contraptions that sit I above. Know. A lot of aluminum bed. Things. They go to these aluminum beds. Or stainless steel, like right? Lightning. Yeah. Uh, well, I have. No, mine's aluminum. Is yours aluminum? I thought it was stainless. My roof rack. Yeah. No, my roof rack's all aluminum. It's boxed aluminum. Oh, so what's the? So the bumpers are stainless. The bumpers are yeah, three sixty. And that's the truck that we uh, didn't sell. That nope. You uh, Billy Bargain <laughs> did not come through for me on that oh, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well. Scott, thank you, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. And, this has been enlightening. Uh, well, and thank you. And I've admired your ca- your podcast from afar and and applauding your success. You guys do a wonderful job. Now, wait job. a minute. When you say from afar, does that mean you've never listened? I haven't listened. <laughs> I'm a victim of a busy guy with a, with a nine-year-old daughter, yep. and um, I but I follow Sean, and I see you know what? everything that's go- going we on with admire- that. By the way, at Sean P. Holman. And I think you have a great niche, and it's obviously it's successful because- 
They're, not because of us, because well, of you. Well, and, and, and the customer base, the fans out there, yeah. the people that are interested in what you guys discuss and talk about. Well, it's just, just, you know, with us two, like, we pin the needle of suckage, but then a guest like you comes in <laughs> and reels it yeah, in no, into, no. like, the middle we're, of the game. We're all just <laughs> real people. We're all just real people. That's true. And, and just middle road. And what I always get with, with people that come in, it's the, the, what they appreciate the most is just being normal. Don't walk out there with your chest out and yeah, don't think dude, you're better than you exactly. are. Exactly. I put my pants on the same way as the guy next to me. Well, except for lighting when he's drunk because he puts them on backwards, but right. that's different. So uh, if I uh, have a leaf spring need, I go to uh, deverspring.com? You do. We do www.deverspring.com. We do heavy truck, RV, trailer, classic car, off-road. Oh, we didn't even get into RVs. Do a well, ton of RVs. Yeah. Well, There's not an RV out there that doesn't lean. I'll yeah. tell you that. And so. uh, on Facebook, at Deaver Suspension. Yes. Fantastic. And uh, Instagram at Leave It to Deaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag Leave It to Deaver. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. come to our shop, I'll show you the picture of um, Barbara Billingsley. No way. That has a signed photograph that says Leave It to Deaver. Oh, I love amazing. it. That's yes. awesome. Yes. Well, you've uh, cracked off a lot of time for us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we, you. we appreciate that. And uh, sadly, our favorite uh, beloved lunch stop, the Claim Jumpers, are closing all around us. So uh, there's one down uh, in Fountain Valley down by my place. So you and I have got to grab lunch one of these days. I think so, yeah. Before, before that one disappears, before they're too. All gone. Yeah, the one I worked at in Corona closed recently, and that was a that was a bummer. And the one in Santa Ana is gone. This is the first time hearing this. Claim Jumper is closing? Yes. Well, they've closed. They sold. Um, yeah. The original owners of the Nikolai family Sold years ago, and they've declined since. And they've uh, been private just equity dropping different. Now. Do you guys have claim jumpers around the country? I mean, I'm, I'm talking to our audience. They're, they're going to respond. They're West Coast primarily. They've gone as far as Littleton, Colorado, Phoenix, and up Northern California. Their claim stuff, to but... fame is uh, giant portions. of Well, food. I know that. So that's what I'm getting. And how do you, Scott? How do you know so much about the family? I worked for the claim jumper. I I, ah. I, I got a job waiting tables when I was in college in 1993. And uh, became a bartender and bartended there for several years. And that was when it was owned by the Nikola family. They were a very successful. We had a three-hour wait on Friday and Saturday nights. Wow. This love handle right here is part mother load yeah. chocolate cake. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so and, the and mother this load. Over, this one over here is uh, a Frisco burger. The yeah. mother load, because you would know. I've never yeah. talked to anyone about this. The mother load chocolate cake is made. It's so thick and so uh, Six layers of it, chocolate cake with chocolate chips and chocolate frosting. I was told that they use. I still give the dessert presentation. I was told that they use mayonnaise in that. Is what is, is that true? You know what? I was never a cook. I wouldn't be surprised because lard and mayonnaise makes everything better. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you just Google Dude, mother, mother load not be chocolate cake, and you'll you'll trip. And like what, my last birthday, I got a full mother load. Oh wow! And I I ate as much as I could, gave away as much as I could, and still only got through about two thirds. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> freaking huge yeah. and amazing. All right, Scott, you're the best. Thank you for stopping by. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Hold my hands. Time for what's new in trucks. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! Ooh, that was good that was synchronization strong. right there. Strong. Well done. What you got, Holman? Oh, man, there's, uh, there's all sorts of great stuff. So I know we've been teasing about uh, of the year for uh, Four Wheeler Magazine. No. Yes, we no. have. <laughs> yeah. For fourwheeler.com. You've been uh, like a gnarly dick for the last four episodes <laughs> teasing this stuff. All right. So uh, your uh, 2019 Four Wheeler SUV of the year is the G- Wait, what? 
<laughs> a little late. <laughs> a little late. Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. <laughs> Guess I can stop uh, the timpani and then well, well deserved by our uh, by our friends at Jeep. What? Oh, oh, that you know what that is? What? That's the automotive aftermarket right now. Oh, yeah. They're like, please. Be as good or better than the JK. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we were so impressed by that thing. Um, I can't wait to get in the Gladiator. I'm driving the Gladiator in a few weeks. You are? I'm driving the Ram HD in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, I get to finally talk about all that stuff. You guys can't see me with my jaw agape. Uh, I'm heading wait, out. Wait, you can't have a jaw. You can have your mouth agape. Mouth agape. Or your jaw open. Open. Or no, uh, unhitched. Dropped. Latched. <laughs> I don't think sure. you have your jaw unhitched. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you might. Um, yeah. Suckage meter. Ding, 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 oh, ding. so yeah. much suckage. Oh, dang it. But you know what doesn't have suckage is the uh, new Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. No, it doesn't at it's, all. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, to get in the Gladiator at some point, obviously being a truck. But, man, that JL, is, it's like the first time it's, an, it's a Jeep with no compromises. It's relatively quiet. It's tight. It rides great. The top and features. That's what she said. Technology. It's got everything. It's finally the, like, the first no-compromise Jeep. Like You can actually use this thing as a daily driver. And we went everywhere on the trail that you'd want to go, and this thing was an absolute uh, mountain goat. Where'd you go? Uh, we went all over. I think we talked about one of the previous episodes, up by uh, Mammoth Lakes and the Mojave Desert and Owens Valley mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So. Nice. Jeez, you got to have your cookie break right in the middle of our uh, what's new in trucks. Huh? You were uh, eating your uh, quietly. You were quietly. Not, what do you eat quietly? Ish. Your mouth was full. That's true. These guys, our listeners won't mind if I eat a chocolate yeah, they chip might. cookie while we're. You want? If them, you don't mind, you? leave hate uh, hate voicemail for Lightning <laughs> Five Star Hotline six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. What? What was that? Number? Or you know what? I'm disappointed. Uh, it's uh, six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. Nobody did Billy Bargain this week on their uh, Five Star Hotline. Uh, Voicemails. No, but they will next time. Uh, did you hear about the uh, the brouhaha in California? <laughs> Which one? Uh, this would be the California exhaust noise bill. Mm, the whole thing where they're finally enforcing the, a bill that they already existed. <laughs> yeah, but they're making it like impossible. Now you can't get a fix-it ticket for a noise violation. Mm-hmm. Now you get an actual fine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a lot of people misinterpreted this Um and said, oh, California, you could put a change your muffler and you're getting a ticket. Well, no. No, it's it's not that. It's the same law there was before. They're just enforcing it with teeth now. And, uh, uh, you know, it just kind of sucks being an enthusiast. Listen, I don't like hearing everybody. It sucks being an enthusiast in California. I just, I I, I agree. It's two in the morning. I don't need to hear my, you know, neighbor's Mustang ripping down the street. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to get hassled because my car sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you want it both ways. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, does my voice sound different when I'm eating a cookie? It was a little bit, a little bit. A little Here's bit. the thing: I posted it on my Facebook that you're uh, eating a cookie. <clears throat> no, no, I posted it on my Facebook, and I didn't weigh in on either side. I actually just copied and pasted some text from the SEMA Action uh-huh. Network. Right, I have it. Uh... Okay, right here you got in front the press of me. release. Yep, okay, I do. I copied and pasted that over, and I knew. I, I thought eh, maybe there'd be some dialogue or whatever. And my, I because I worked in Hollywood for so many years, I have a bunch of liberal commie bastard friends, <laughs> and then I have another. I have some gun-toting, all-American, you know, America friends. Yeah, like and, your co-host and my my co-host. Okay, yeah, and and <laughs> they fought down the middle yeah is what happened yeah on that thread there was the other a day. did you see the uh, california exhaust uh, noise ordinance law meme fight no oh epic meme more 
Totally inappropriate for here, but I was rolling. I'm like, oh, one of the automotive forums I'm in, it was just like uh, California exhaust note meme war. Go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was pretty great. Man, it was tough because it was a lot of people who were like, I don't like it, so it must be illegal. Right. And then you had the conservative folk who were the the libertarians. They're like, leave them alone. Is it hurting you? It's not hurting you. It may be annoying once in a while. Yeah. It's not but let's ruining, focus on other things. It's not ruining your life. And right. my liberal friends were, when I'm listening to classical music on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> and a loud Honda goes by, <laughs> it ruins it and I want it gone and I'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. Was that the inflection in their voice? Uh, I felt it. Okay. I felt in it. In the force. These are really smart, talented people yeah. that feel this way and it... Um, sucks <laughs> for us it sucks yeah and it sometimes it really sucks giant donkey balls to live in california yeah yeah everybody keeps because saying- i have because i know these i i am i am between i were oh, oh i worked with mr kimmel as we've talked about yeah. before yep mr jimmy Kim- kimmel that jimmy is. kimmel so jimmy kimmel was our sports guy yeah like we got him straight out of arizona when no one had well no uh was he in arizona he went to he went uh, up north in California, then he went to Palm Springs, then he went to Arizona doing morning radio, and then he came to us, and we got him in. He was our sports guy and a writer for many years before he did the man show and then Crank Anchors and then tried a uh, a late-night TV show that he thought he was going to get canceled after, after like a month, and he, he stayed. Yeah, still doing it. <clears throat> he's still doing it, and he's become the poster boy for uh, the liberal left, yeah. right? Which is weird, because... And, and he was always a very kind of tender, sensitive guy. He was. Yeah. And... And I love that about him, and but now he's got a big platform in which to to speak from. Yes, and uh, yes, a giant megaphone, and uh, so I I would we, literally on one day I would be hanging out with with Jimmy, and you know what you get now if you watch him on TV. Yep, I knew what to expect, and that's him. He didn't like it. Didn't develop like that. It yeah. didn't. It, it maybe got a little more magnified sure. with with money and fame, and yep. he had a kind of a, a pulpit, but then. I hang out with guys like you, or you're not that vocal. You, 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 you're um, not nearly as vocal as some of my other friends. I like, am vocal in. I'll put it this way: I do not engage in politics mm-hmm. on Facebook. I will like your post. I will let you know I'm a fan. I'm on your side. Okay, but I don't go out of my way to start. So you're fights not with that people. guy. So I have a friend, yeah. a friend of mine, Chad. And I was and, that guy. I've mellowed because I realized all we're doing is yelling at each other and hate each other. And I've got a bunch of liberal friends. I don't want to hate you because we disagree. I got a buddy, Chad, in Havasu. In Arizona, that loves stirring the pot, mm-hmm. and he's he's super conservative. He has more guns than he knows what to do with. Like he's that guy. And then I, I should have meet him. He sounds like my friend. Another friend that rides a Harley that has loud cars. He's awesome. Lives down the yep. street from me, and he's surrounded by liberal people. And he's super conservative. It's very interesting that uh, I post it, and these just guys. These are all good close friends of mine, just battling. <laughs> and, and I and I and I'm in the middle, and I'm torn because oh. I live here, and I love both guys, and I'm like, dude, well, it's these funny. Are my boys. Like, you need to leave. California sucks. It's like, but California doesn't suck. California politics suck. And I was born and raised here, and it's home. And everybody thinks it's theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah, they think it's theirs. And I, I'd rather just like, you know what? As long unless it's not hurting you, you know, yeah. leave it alone. Leave it alone. But there are a lot of people are like, I don't like it. Make it illegal. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, more laws. That's what we need. Bigger government, more laws. Well, mm. I'm going to make you feel better right now. Jeep Wrangler uh, JL we just talked about. Yeah. And we sort of like hinted at Gladiator a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. What do you mean hinted? It's already out there. What do you mean hinted? No, 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 I know we hinted about uh, just the, my upcoming drive of it and stuff yes. like that. Right. Are you going to have that for a significant amount of time? Like, can I get in? I, it? I will later, but I won't for this trip. This is a go away trip to oh. to go drive it on the press long lead. Got it. Can you shoot any video? Yeah. Okay. You, you, can, you can share it. I will with our audience. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Apparently, through the rumor mill, and I cannot confirm nor deny this. Uh, so I'm just speaking to Ooh, the rumor is mill. To, is this Toyota going to come out with a diesel? Uh, no, this is a Gladiator. Is going to have a high-speed off-road model called the Hercules. Okay, what? The a, Gladiator. I mean, I, I mean, I heard it's you. Going to have a high, more, of a more of a rhetorical what? So uh, basically, the rumor is that there's going to be a big tire, long travel, high-speed Gladiator pickup truck with maybe a different powertrain that might compete with some of the upcoming things out there. You guys can't see my face, but this is this, my surprised look. <laughs> so, so it's reportedly called Hercules. Um, don't know much about it. Certainly can't talk about it. Wow, Gladiator and Hercules. This That's is cool. Badass. Hercules, Hercules. No, I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Hercules, Gladiator. And, and this Hercules. is where the where the uh, the like the monoliths come out of the ground, and and it's it's like dodging them as they're. <laughs> <laughs> And the Earth's breaking apart, and like lava's flowing, and Hercules is is going like ninety miles an hour through, through the lava, lava field. Yeah, and the wheel travel is going crazy. Oh, I know. Let's get with our listener Joel, and we will get a gladiator, and he can point us to where we can drive on the lava in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. I see. Like though, like the Rock is driving. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's shirtless, and, and there's bikini-clad girls in the back uh-huh. going, save us, rah, rah! And, and top, lava's bouncing it, off his it's arms. topless. Yeah, no, he's just like, it's coming at him like the lava's coming. Yeah, and, and there's no roof on it. Yeah, nobody's he's beating bat, the lava. He's batting the lava rocks away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what's new in trucks. <laughs> well, that was a great show, and that was really unexpected. The, the all the stuff out of Scott, like I awesome. love the guests that come in here, Holman. So thank you for for booking Scott. Sure, um, I learned a lot from him, and I love when I don't know much. About, I had heard of Deaver; they're yeah. local to me. But as I said, I, I'm really good friends with Fernando at Atlas, uh, Atlas which I yeah. think as a lot of people love Atlas. Um, Even Scott similar, said similar they, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was very complimentary. Yeah. And so, but I had always heard really glowing reviews, not just from you, from other people about Deaver, but I didn't know a whole lot about the technology. And I think he shed a lot of light on that. And I think we this will be fun to kind of lead us into our toe episode. So um, I am working on that. So I, I hope to have some, uh, hopefully in the next month or so. There was some pretty cool stuff we're lining up. Uh, also lining up a uh, LS swap episode. Oh, wow. I've got a couple people. You remember Kevin from uh, SEMA? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's willing to come down and be in studio. He's done a bunch of LS swaps and fab work. And then I've got a buddy of mine, uh, Lawson, over at AEM Electronics. They make their Infinity system yeah. that can power any LS engine swap. Oh, and gotcha. so we'll, we're working on that as well. All right. Well, we have some good stuff coming up. Appreciate yeah. you guys uh, listening as always. We we appreciate the love so head to iTunes give us five stars if you if you think we're worthy subscribe if the, if the suckage wasn't too high you know, like, you know what I mean? we, share with people we please need, do we need subscriptions we need reviews and we need you to share with your friends this show uh, it's it's doing pretty good because today we're number two we're number two <laughs> it's Truck Show Podcast send us an email like we asked you earlier truckshowpodcast at gmail.com and we'll do our best to read it on the air the truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. And as always, we want to give a big shout to Nissan 
five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, the best in the business. You got to check out the Titan or the NV 3000. What is it? Damn it. I forgot the NV. What is it called again? 3500. The NV 3500. So I was only 500 off. The yeah. NV 3500 van, right? Frontier. Or Frontier. Absolutely. Yeah. So the whole lineup, hit up your local Nissan dealer and, and follow Joel's lead, dude. The dude lives <laughs> in Hawaii. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Go so, pick yourself up a, a Nissan Titan XD and throw a deck in the back. Exactly. What does Hawaii have to do anything? Why did I throw that in there? Uh, because Does it's it give awesome. him more credibility? Um, yes, because he, it makes him cooler. He lives in Hawaii. And he had to have a deck system shipped from uh, uh, Montana? Uh, no. Where, where's Wyoming? De- Idaho? Where's Deck? No, they're in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Wow. We're pegging the suckage meter right now. <laughs> I think I'm running out of steam. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> it's not like we don't have um, a lot of jobs. Yeah. Nah, well, we uh, we do wear a lot of hats. Did I? A lot of hats. What's on the Instagram? Your Instagram? Did I see that you were a star of a TV commercial? Shh. What happened? Weird. Why was why were you on a set with twenty five uh, people, yeah. all pointing cameras and lights at you? So uh, a company with a truck mm-hmm. hired my company mm-hmm. to promote that truck, and then they wanted me to host the video. It's a sixty second commercial spot that will be, I guess, all over the internet. And um, did they not see you? Like in advance? Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> they maybe they've only heard my uh, my sweet. Honey-like voice here most, on the uh, Truck Show podcast. <laughs> most people would say, "Can I have a headshot or something yeah. of this perspective?" No, no. Talent? Remember, you and I had our headshots at SEMA because I gave them out free for SEMA members, and it made me look really good. <laughs> um, and it was from your neck up. Here's what's really weird: is I thought, oh, it's just going to be a normal like walk around type shoot. There'll be one camera. There'll be maybe a producer and a sound guy or something yeah. like that. Because that's normally like what we do. It's like, oh, Facebook Live walk around. This was a full-on frickin' production, and I walked into the sound studio, and there were 25 people. There were lighting, producers, the client, grips, camera guys, sound guys, people cleaning the floor. How panicked were you? Um, I was, uh, I think my heart rate resting was about 95. Okay. And I was like, whoa, um, uh, and uh, I had to do a bunch of different shots and deliver a bunch of different lines in different locations around the vehicle. And uh, it it took about five hours. So we're going to see this. Are we going to see it on national TV? Uh, I think it's a, a internet spot. So I think uh, okay. depending on where you are, if you like trucks, I'm sure you'll see it somewhere in uh, internet or social or whatever. I have, I actually don't know where it's going to end up. It's just super weird. It's like I'm we have weird jobs. It. I'm looking for it for one reason. You make fun of me. To make fun of you. You're going to record it, and then you're going to play it on the Truck Show podcast and make fun of me. Uh, that, and I can't wait to make memes out of you. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think this one through. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs>